excuse me, businessman. Yeah. Have you ever seen a show with a couple on the mic with bad content and it don't come out right? We tight. They ain't never tight. And that's not polite. Am I lying? No, you're quite right. Well, tonight on this very mic, you're about to hear. We, we swear the, the best podcast of the year. So, so. Here we go. Scream Bravo. Also, if you, you didn't, didn't know, this is our show. Hey, I like that. Welcome, welcome, welcome to America 20 to Life. I'm your host, Mike Lynn, here with my beautiful wife and co-host, Erica Lynn. What's up, babe? What's up, y'all? Sorry for all who had tuned in a second ago. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. We got muted for a copyright issue because apparently, what's his name? Avicii. Avicii has some good lawyers and they caught it quick. Usually quick. that doesn't happen. We could play, I could play Tupac, Jay-Z. I could play uh, Trick Daddy. I could play uh, Young Thug and not get popped quick like that. Yeah, it was. And that one popped us real quick. So <laughs> we're uh, back. give us patience. We're going to try to share this back out to all the places that it was in and then uh, whatever the case is. But today. In our fifth segment of the electoral candidate uh, candidacy series. C- uh, cycle series, uh, all sure. those good things, uh, we have Grant Blood II coming on the show today. Uh, I had a chance to catch up with him at Juneteenth. Um, I seen the red beard from across the way, and uh, he came up here, and I was like, man, you look real familiar. And I, I remember having a conversation, or I remember seeing him on the uh, BLM uh, uh, forum that we had and throughout that conversation, listening to him, there were some things that jumped out to me that I was like, okay, I could see there's some room for conversation here. Uh, and then other things I was like, Ooh, I don't know. You know, we came around to the defund police conversation and it was a little different than what we want to hear at a BLM forum. But as I had conversation with him more at Juneteenth, I was like, okay, this is why this platform is so good because we can get all this stuff, all the back and forth that me and him had and had that, that conversation. Now I can share and we can share with the people so that we understand who our candidates really are. Ultimately, I don't know that there's a bad candidate outside of Andy Shore, to be honest with you. Uh, I mean, and what I mean by that is like, you know, during the the election process, you know, um, it seems like Lansing is full of good people that just want to help the city. This is why people jump off the couch and like, you know what, there's an open seat. I'm going for it. Right. So uh, throughout the conversations that, that we've had up to this point. No matter what my preconceived notions were, I came out of those feeling better about the people. Like if, if if at the end of the day, whoever gets elected, I feel like out of this group of people, we can't go wrong. Yeah, I would agree except with that, that people, yeah. you know, except the people, obviously, that are still there and have, well, we've had okay. issues with. When we talk about that, I will say I'm not necessarily talking about the incumbents and I'm not not necessarily talking yeah. about the incumbents, yeah. but we're talking like new candidates. Um, with the new candidates, w- w- one thing that I've noticed that we'll, we see is, first of all, they've got plans, they've got strategies, they've got, they've got thoughts, they've got all the things, but a big thing is they're very, very open and um, they're trying to inject the conversations with the people back into politics, which was something that you know we all feel has been missing for far too long. And I think that's why they we're in the situation that we're in. We got into this cycle of it's kind of just just politics and people forget why they're there. And right. so a lot of them are willing to listen. And we're not all going to agree on everything, y'all. We get that. We understand right. that. We could, That's that's an unrealistic expectation. But if somebody's not willing to listen, that's where we go wrong. If you're right. not even willing to listen to people to try to, like, move each other 
my brother and I have that conversation often. Like, we'll like disagree completely, but sometimes we pull each other in each other's direction, right? By and the I, underwear. <laughs> that too, yes. But by the end of the conversation, perceptions change. It happens. But that's just true in life. Listen. I think this is the thing. I'll say this to that. Uh, Claretta come in and says, most people in Lansing are good, but that doesn't mean they are good for office. That is true. So when we have conversations outside of, you know, we think about, let's think about four years ago when everybody was running and Andy Shore was running around telling everybody he was this diversity champion. Everybody believed it, thought that, man, this guy is like, this guy is sweet, complete polar opposite of, you know, the the thundering, the thundering Bonero, right? But then we see what that got us. So like, you know, actions speak louder than words. That's obvious. But I think that to at least be able to come into it with a better understanding of the people is why we do this series. Uh, they get a, You guys will get an hour and a half with, you know, these candidates that you won't get anywhere else, period. And then you have me sitting here, you know, I'm going to shoot it straight. And so, you know, what better situation to advertise with us with? You know what I'm saying? Like, bing, bing, bing. Uh, so, anyways, aside from all of that, um, in the news today and um, yesterday, we went to the city of Lansing's uh, forum on uh, violence and I was I was actually kind of happy coming out of that to be honest with you and not because I don't go to those things looking for solutions I already you know I'm already doing my part so I don't go there listening for somebody to be like you know we could do this or that the other but I will say that I came out of there thinking that I felt pretty good that there are a lot of solutions out there it wasn't a scenario where people were just like a you know a, a complaining session although there is room for that so let's not act like People That's can't come to a forum. That's the very first time in over a year that we've had city council in this in the in the school district sitting there with no mic in front of them. And we had the mic and they didn't want it that way at the beginning. It was more like they were going to take cards and then ask the questions and so on and so forth. But uh, the the uh, facilitator just worked it out perfect. Like he asked the questions like, did anybody want to answer this? You know what I'm saying? And, and handed the mic to the crowd so people were able to speak out on the issues that they felt were, uh, you know, needed to be speak, spoke out on. And I felt like what was what was good for me was that everything that I had been going to council talking about for like the last year and a half got out. Got out. And there was no way they could walk away from it. There wasn't no two-minute warnings. It was just, you're going to sit here and listen to this. You're going to sit here and listen to the mothers grieving. You're going to listen to the community activists that are trying to work. You're going to hear all of this, and you don't have no choice in that fact. And I thought that was that was powerful. It needed to happen. I know that it was different than what they probably believed that it was going to be. Like, I thought, I think they thought they were going to come talk to us and like talk at us. And even though and they said that that's not what they were going to do, remember? Yeah, but they said that while they were doing it. Like, we're not going to talk <laughs> at you, but we have this next speaker who's going to talk for 15 minutes about guns and, and yada, yada. But I thought that person that spoke to was good too. He came on from Mothers Against Violence or something like that. Mm -hmm. And even though it was dry as hell and I wasn't really all that particularly interested in, you know, the 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 way that he said it, but what he was saying was very important to the in, conversation. in drawing like the parallel between, you know, us leaving our guns laying around in our houses or in a car that can get stolen and, you know, suicide, which is something we don't talk mm -hmm. about a whole lot. But uh, I mean, we talk about it in my gun classes that I do, but it's something that we don't talk about on a grand scale. And suicide is definitely something that's plaguing, you know, our community as well. Um, so I just I thought it was a, that was good. I don't know how the city picks who they're going to have up there to speak from the community. Uh, that's always an issue. And so this is where I was happy that the facilitator was like, nah, you know, we're going to put this mic in people's hands that I know. Like, I know these people working. Let's let them speak. And I thought it was good. I had conversation with Peter Spatterford afterwards and 
you know, he said to me, like, you know, I know this is a little too late, but we're here. And I was like, that's all I can ask. You know and what I'm saying? Like, so let crazy. bygones be bygones. I'm not going <laughs> to uppercut you. It's perfect. Because, again, Peter Spadafore is probably a really good person. I mean, these people ain't like they're just not feeding their cat and leaving it in the basement <laughs> all day to die. They're good so people, true. right? They just, it, like, like Claretta said, maybe they're just not the best in that seat. But they're probably really good people. You know what I'm saying? So if we can get past that, that process and... And think about these things, human, you know, by by nature of humans and in our, you know, in our empathy for each other, then I think we should be able to do all right. And I think the conversation I have with Spatterford <clears throat> was kind of along those terms. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's the first time I've ever met I, him face I to face. I ducked out a little bit and that wasn't intentional. Um, I was a part of the beginning of it. It and still again, was propaganda. I mean, it was still brought together to say, hey, I'm running for council again. Uh, I'm doing this great thing. Like, come on. I mean, it's cool, though. Uh it's give take for me. It is. And I guess that's the thing. It's difficult. But when you're in this realm and you're in this world and you're trying to do the work, you do have to set a lot of things aside. And regardless of like what the intentions were on why and when, we don't have any control over that when it comes to them because we don't have control over them and their decisions. What I hope that we get out of Yeah, but night, I've got this thing I'm working on in the basement. <laughs> I'm going to get control. If it's the last thing I do in this world, like Brandon Betts said, how's it feel to have less control today? Oh, you? gosh. Shut up. That was such a ridiculously privileged and entitled twat thing to say. Yeah. But anyway. Um, anywho. But I, anywho, moving on. But with last night, I will agree. I, I wasn't feeling hopeful going in. I was feeling a little bit frustrated, but I always try to go in with an open mind. And I will agree with Mike. I did leave feeling hopeful because here's the thing. I'm never, ever, ever going to be upset or angry about people that are giving a damn. Yes, So trying. that's it. Like, I, I don't even care how you are or what you're doing. I literally do not. Because if you are a person that is doing anything, even if it's just you praying every night for families, you're doing what you can where you are with what you can and i can i say why that that's so important much. can i say why that's important this is why that's important because i happen to realize that there is probably only a handful maybe two of actual people that are affected by this gun violence that are living in it that care and i'm not saying care because it was our cousin that died i mean care enough to have put their life to the side mm -hmm. to work on this stuff and all i say and i had to make a post about this yesterday why is it this is the environment that the city has put us in and the, and the 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 government and the country and everybody's put us in to where we're always fighting over scraps instead of coming together to fight for the scraps that's up there so that we all can divvy it out to each other. So in every environment, it's like uh, it's almost like uh, um, it feels like to me and I'm just being very candid with y'all. I'm being real because like I'm always doing the show. It always feels to me like a job interview. When when that when we're come to these positions and like they hand the mic to somebody who I know is an activist who I know is doing this work, it's always like a job interview and it's like it's almost like they ask the question of, what makes you better than this other organization? And then they and then the person stands up and starts saying all that. And I'm just like, yo. And so this is the conversation that happens over and over and over again. And I'm gonna be I'm gonna be a hundred percent. This is what bothered me about the conversation yesterday, that people still don't understand that the lack of resources that we don't have and all these things that we're begging for and saying that we need, who's holding it back? People still don't get that. So when we talk about all of these resources that we need for kids and we need gyms open and we need money to do this and that and this, that, where do we think this is coming from? Who's giving this up? Like we're, in your mind, when we're saying, and some people said it, it's not the mayor's fault, it's not this people's fault. It's, who do you think holds control of it then? 
because I'm going to say this to you. I have not worked in over over a year and a half. I haven't received a paycheck in over that long. And the only thing that I do is this work right here that you're seeing, the Village Lansing, and deal with these young people that I'm dealing with. That's the only thing in the advocates, which is the young people that I'm dealing with. And outside of the advocates, none of that makes money for me. And even the advocates doesn't because I'm doing I'm doing a service. I'm providing a service to that, too. So what I'm saying to people that are, you know, not understanding how the 40 hour a work week or a week work thing goes. If you're blessed enough to work inside of a school or inside of a, you know, Peckham or someplace where you get to have hands on but get a paycheck every week. God bless you. But there's a ton of us out here that don't have that scenario. So how long do you think the work can go without resources? How long do you think that Mike and Erica can flood all of our time into America, into the village, into the advocates, and then all of the advocating we do in between with everybody who's calling and texting and saying, hey, we need help. Can you get ahead of this for us? How long can that all continue without finances? So I've gotten to a point in my work. I'm going to tell you this. When we started the Village Lansing, I said that I am not taking no money from nobody. We ain't taking. We're going to do this all community. That was cool for like the first whatever couple of days because all we needed was <laughs> hot dogs and bread and some charcoal. But then when it came to like what we're really trying to do, like the programming we're trying to do, it's impossible. I have a young man right now who needs to move out of his home because he's in a violent environment. This man is already, this young man has already been shot. He's dealing with worry about retaliation. And if he sees somebody having to retaliate because of his own concerns, I need to get this young man out of there. Where do I get the money to do that? Yeah. Where do we get the relocation money? Where do we get the money for the counseling? Where do we get the money just to, say, to, to, house, to house people that need to move out of a situation? I'm telling you, so defund police, when you guys have been here in the state that for a year and a half now, that's what it's always been about. It's always been about we need we need funds and resources to do the work that we're doing because we're we're running bone dry. And so when I hear people state that it's not this or it's not that, I just feel like I was that same person. So if a message was to this, these people that are saying that is give it yourself a little time in this work full time and you will realize that you can't continue on that way. You will burn out. Your money will dry up and you're going to have to go back to work. You're going to have to put this secondary. So if you're going to build this work, your life's work like Angela or, you know, some people that I know that this is like their life work. It's all they do every day. You can't do that without money. It's no way to do that. You can do it for the first year or so. And, you know, uh, donations will trickle in. But I'm going to tell you right now, the reason the village Lansing is able to survive right now, because every time we've ever done a promotion, we did a open house at downtown. We brought in like $13,000 for that open house. Not, Not one of it hit our bank account. <laughs> Not one dime hit our bank account. And we tracked every piece of it. It went to this, this, this. And then everything that was left over went back to the kids. To the graduates. So <laughs> I'm just going to say the only reason why the Villas Lansing is able to be what it is today. And we have that building and are able to work in the capacity we are is because of Angela Waters Austin. Yeah. Plainly, the community has come forward for our functions that we've done and all that other stuff. But the, the my, my sister is the one who who made sure the Villas Lansing and that building would be there for at least two years. Yeah. So just calculate. When we talk about capacity building and having the capacity to sustain, literally sustaining through a pandemic, because that's what we had to do. We had to survive that pandemic. We had to survive all of that. And we have to also survive trying to do the work. And trying to get funding to do the and work. pay house bills and life eat. and our old, exactly kids our still need lives. things. Whew. So, so yeah, no, but I just wanted to finish off by saying that's that's one of the things that when I hear you know you know 
I like like I said in my in my post earlier. I said that I, I'm there, already set up and established to start working. But when there's a group that are trying to get set up and established, there's this hunger and this anger towards. It seems to be sometimes like people who are already established that, you know, I think shouldn't be there because I, I what I'm what I said that about Angela for is this: when we get established, I will follow the same mode she she followed with me. She's seen a dream and a goal that I had, and she believed in it, and she said. I'm going to make sure that you have a capacity to do this work for two years until you build yourself to a point where the city who has all the millions decides that they want to they want to put some money into this this situation. So she built that capacity when I'm in a position and when I come to these things and I'm talking about the mayor giving finances in the city council, giving finances for these things and defunding the police. I'm speaking for you. Stop cock blocking me. I'm talking for you. I'm saying these people that have these programs and this stuff they're trying to do, there is nobody to give you that bread. Like there's not an Angela Waters Austin for everybody. So how do you get that person who wants gyms? How do you get that person who wants to take the kids on a Cedar Point trip? You have to let me do this work for you. That's what I do. I'm in multiple facets advocating for y'all, but I know where the money is. This is why we talk about defund. This is why we're saying pull some of those millions back, give them to these organizations that are doing this work on the ground so that we can eat ourselves. We take every dime we have and feed the people and do these things and teach people this. And th and we're not getting a dime for that. And I'm not asking for none, but I want the work to be able to continue. And I just know that eventually it's going to run out. And if we're still putting that money to the top layer of elite people who they can sprinkle it to their own little orgs and, you know, do whatever they want to do with it. I'm speaking and I'm advocating for you. Stop cock blocking me. I don't know any better, better way to say that. So stop coming in here trying to earn favor from the mayor who's not going to give you shit. He's not going to give you that. So we, we, somebody's got to advocate. And I'll tell you like this, all of us advocates that are in there, all of us activists that are in there trying to do this work, if we were to combine as one solid fist, it can't none of them stop it. But when we don't do that and, and we do the same things that the NAACP and all these other groups do and try to come in the back door and, and, and add a soft pillow to land on, that's all that. Yo, when I seen some of the people talk, I was seeing the mayor reaching over saying, bring me that person. How does that help the situation if you get 10 grand? How does that help the situation if this person gets 5,000 or if he opens up a Southside Community Center gym for you for one night? How does that help the whole of this situation? And I'm always thinking about the whole of the situation. I may not like the person standing next to me, but I know they do good work. I'm going to advocate for you to get the funding you need because it's not about me. It's not about the village. It's not about any of that. It's about what can we do as a collective here. So stop. That's all I that's all I really have to say about that is just stop doing that. Like realize what the real problem and the real issue is. And I think that'll help you figure out where the problem is and where to go to. But when people talk about like I understand because I was there where I was like, I don't need no money. We don't need no money. All I need is my voice and this, that, the other. That works so long. It works so long until there ain't no food on the and table. It, your exactly. bills is racking up. You know, people who are leaving their job to do this work, you better find somebody who's hiring to do this work. Because if you try to do this work without that and you don't have an Angela Waters Austin to to believe in you and put capacity on you, then you're stuck. Because there's no way that we would be able to continue on the way we're doing without the love of that person who is is is, is showing me the way. So when I see other people and I'm like, I want to help you get that going. Uh, one of the mothers there, you know, I've talked to her husband and they want to do a foundation. Mm -hmm. I want to help you get that going. I don't need nothing out of it. I don't need to throw the village nothing. on it. I don't need nothing out of it. It's that. a sharing of resources. It's, it's each yeah. one teach one. Yeah. So anyways, outside of that, 
that was my only frustration out of that meeting last night. But other than that, I thought it was good. People are passionate. Yo, people still showed up for it. That was dope. Um, so other than that, uh, Bill Cosby's out of prison. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're not going to touch on our personal views on that, but he is out. Uh, supposedly what happened was um, he back in 2005, supposedly he had signed some agreement that he would testify in order for them to testify him to get him to testify in a civil case. The prosecutor at the time stated that he didn't excuse me. He would have to waive his Fifth Amendment rights to that civil case, but that he wouldn't charge him criminally because he didn't think that he could get it to stick. He didn't know if he could get the criminal side to stick. So to get something out of it, like he just threw something out in the water to try to grab it in. And the civil case was it. And he incriminated himself. And the incrimination part of it was that he stated that he did give quaaludes to women to try to have sex with them. He he admitted that he did do that. Mm -hmm. And so I'm confused as to, you know, where the whole not guilty of all of that is. But, you know, it is what it is. I, I don't know how to even... It, that's not because it's not what it means. And I think it's important to remember with the judicial system, we talked about it earlier. Um, not in prison doesn't equate innocent and in prison doesn't equate guilty. We we know this like inherently right. there are people sitting in prison that are not guilty. There are people in prison that have been exonerated by DNA evidence that are still sitting in prison. Yeah. So we've got to remember that, you know, there are guidelines and policies and procedures and i look at this as like an administrative thing it's law i mean it's 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 laws and how you Mm -hmm. do things so i you know i don't want to attribute it to this but how many times people are done wrong by law uh i don't know man this is just it's just one of those things that went perfect for him you know when we talk about the the swiss cheese sandwich with the bologna got holes in it it and everything lines up perfect and the mustard falls through this was like a perfect scenario for him because Except that that, well, the what? thing that's funny to me is that he's been pressing so hard to get out because of like COVID and like throwing every Health, little everything. throwing everything at the wall, hoping something sticks. And they had this in the background. This legit thing. What were they just waiting on that? To so get what to I court? was going to say about Mike's theory, like the Swiss cheese thing is like when there's a hole in both in the bread and then you have Swiss cheese or whatever and they all line up perfectly and the mustard falls through. But I would. That probably happens more than uh, more probably, than more no, than. No, it's never happened to me. It always like. But falls I don't. We don't eat Swiss cheese either. That's true. Nah, sometimes on like when I go out. To I eat. probably yeah. Damn. But what I was gonna say about this situation is, except the sandwich is made of money, so. No money definitely pulls because there's so many <laughs> yeah, people in it. prison right now like, that are falsely accused. And the, well, I mean, just right now, and I've got, I've had my phone blowing up with with mothers whose kids have been just ransacked by the police and. You know, all of these things that are going yeah. on, taking their phones, you know, taking legal firearms out of their car, telling them they got to do an investigation on them, just all types of illegal stuff going on. And you can't get any anywhere with any of that. So um, but anyways, about uh, so, yeah, he's out. Um, I don't understand. Is he blind? Is he not like the way that he moves? This doesn't make any sense to me. Is it all a joke or I know y'all watch. um. What's the show we watch that we didn't know it was the like midseason finale? Oh, um. <laughs> uh, f- uh, Godfather Harlem. Yes, if y'all watch Godfather. Oh yeah, yeah, Harlem, yeah. Oh, you talking and, about uh, what's his name? I can't think of his name, <laughs> but the, the mob boss that he, they, yeah, the mob boss. He that, was uh, trying to like be on Bumpy the worked with. Yes, he'll walk uh, out there and act all. Yeah, yeah, had his robe on and walk in the neighborhood. One of the last episodes, he know. actually had to go to the crazy the 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 asylum or whatever, yeah. and then he took acid. To try oh to act crazy, gosh. but spoiler then alert. acid. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm yeah spoiler alert. I always try to say spoiler alert just in case you haven't. Okay, you so yeah, seen it, acid supposedly is a truth serum. 
And so he took the acid to try to look like he was crazy. <laughs> and then the doctor was like, asked him like, because he was hallucinating a little bit. And the doctor was you like, did you take, did you take uh, such and such as LSD to try to lie? And he was like, yes. Yes, I did. I did. Yeah, yeah, I did. And she was <laughs> like, did. "Well, you didn't know." Well, she told him first that it was a truth serum. It has the same effects as a truth serum. It's like, yo, and then she leaned back with her little yo, notebook, like, "Yo, that show was dope." If you it ain't watching dope. Godfather Harlem, I think it's in the second season right now. And yeah, it's, it's at a break till August, and we didn't know that. So we was letting like three Sundays go by, thinking that we was gonna stacking like stacking them up, stack them up, and be able to watch like a binge three hours. Well, because we only then have found like one out. Sunday a month where we watch TV. <laughs> Yeah, we haven't turned the TV on in it's so long. It's so bad. I'm like, so people will be like, you're so behind on the show. And I just mentally discard it. I'm like, I'm never getting to that. I'm just never getting to that. Yeah. Be real quick, I have to tell you all this because I'm so excited. Any Sopranos fans out there, if you watched The Sopranos, oh my gosh. And so, got disappointed in the end. There is a movie coming out, I believe, in September. It's, it's this year or it might be next year. It's not that far away. It's not like Avatar far away. Avatar still a thing? That was no. no <laughs> Do you remember either. that? They're like fall of 2032. No, it was like Avatar. fall of 19. I was like, well, or I'm it was sorry, like fall what? of 18. Yeah, I've lost interest. So Sopranos, it's called the Somethings of Newark, and it is a prequel to the life of Tony Soprano. And guess who's playing him? Me. Breaking news. <laughs> ding ding ding. No, Michael Gandolfini. His son in real life. So nobody knows any of their names. It doesn't Erica matter. Like it's the fact that it's his, it comes. Well, the who, point being is who it's played his the side. second Batman? The second Batman? Michael Keaton was the first one. Um oh, what's his name? With the lips. Um with the lips. I can't remember his name. Oh, so never mind. He you looks just, totally different you now. Just ruined ruined Thank everything you, bro. I was trying to the say. The many saints of Newark. Watch the trailer, y'all. I sent it to a whole bunch of people. They were probably so uninterested, but I don't care. Claretta says he's worth $400 million even when he was in prison. Money can get you Claretta Duckett. Val Kilmer. Yes. Val Kilmer. See, Claretta knew too. (laughs) I love that y'all knew that. Val Kilmer was the second one. (laughs) All right. Sorry, Val Kilmer. I said the lips, but that's just what was Forrest Gump's dog's name when he was a little kid? I don't know. I don't even know if he had a dog. I was like, wait, did he have one? Was Clooney the second one? Oh. See, y'all all wrong. Forgot about him. Clooney. There was Keaton, Clooney, Val Kilmer, Ben Affleck somewhere. Who knows why that happened? Yeah. Big Batman fan. Yeah. Um. So anyways, <laughs> uh, about all of this, um, what else was I going to say? Oh, just real quickly about last night. Um, mm, Sarah Anthony stepped up and spoke. And of course, blessed the whole crowd with some realism. And I thought it was great uh, that she has spoke on the fact that she did one of these. Yeah, that this was not to be a political thing. And well, she got brought into it. Somebody invoked her name. That's true. She, she didn't mean to speak right up. There. Yeah, she didn't really. Yeah, but she spoke on maybe having uh, you know more conversations surrounding kids and letting them speak. And I would say to that that uh, we are already holding those tables. Uh, I'm having those conversations. And I know and I've identified things that they need. And this is why I keep saying that we need resources. I can't do this with just what we have. Um, But I think that we have a a solid plan. And this is another thing I want to say about that. I think there's a solid plan to help stop this violence. And everybody's got to do their position and their role and just play your role. Like Batman did his thing. Robin did his thing. Joker did his thing. And none of them are relevant without each other. Mm -hmm. So if you, you you can't be a person who want somebody to do all the things that thing that I do is very specific to what that thing that I do. 
Um, I'm not the person that uh, gets out, you know, and goes and hangs out with the kids and smokes and drinks and kicks it. I don't do that. I've always been the respectable dad that doesn't do those things with the kids. But there might be a place for somebody who does. And I'm not talking about little kids. I'm talking about older kids, older All my kids, yeah, all my young men, all the young men I'm talking about are 21 years old, you know, and older. That's the ones that I deal with. Those are the ones that I really have a connection with because I coached them since they was eight years old. And so I have a little different relationship, but um, everybody got their lane. And I think that everybody can just play their lane without trying to, you know, invoke their own opinion and feelings on the way other people lane is. Uh, this was a big issue for for me when I first started. This is why I say I'm watching a lot of people. I'm getting a dose of my own medicine. Like, you know how they say your kids, you know, will be just like you, just like you are worse because you did so much. That I'm getting that right now and I respect it. And I'm just waiting for people to understand so that I can be like, not aha, I told you, but more or less like come child. Welcome. Welcome in. Like Angela did to me. Wel- <laughs> welcome. Mike. Now that you're done cussing me out and telling me that I ain't shit here, come on in. You know what I'm saying? And I have that grace because it was given to me. So I'm just saying. There's a lot of people who are where I was two years ago that are just angry with everything. And I'm just, I got my plan. And if this place ain't it, then all of y'all are, and there is a place for you. Absolutely. And your plan is relevant and we can move with your plan Absolutely. too. But just let's not block everybody. And I think that if we all come together on one solid fist, I don't think we, I don't think yeah, we stop. I, I would say this best thing I could say when I sit up and think about it and I do my nightly, like, don't tell everybody they ain't shit tomorrow. Right. So I'm like, how do we deal with this? How do I deal with this? This is stressful because at the end of the night is when you start thinking about all the things that are upsetting you because that's when you're trying to sleep, you know. And I'm like, you know, I have to think about this. Don't burn bridges. Just don't burn the bridges. Like, don't burn the bridges at all. Keep them there. If you want to yell on the bridge and do whatever you need to do on the bridge to make you feel better, just don't burn it because there is way more need. There are way more kids out here, young men, young women kids young adults families way more of them that need us yeah. than there are us that are willing to do the work so That's just it. understand that like the need vastly outweighs the resources so like everybody's says, important by all means come get this work <laughs> we <laughs> ain't complaining that. i want to see all of y'all grow because if <laughs> all of y'all grow those work. are resources and i always yeah. tap in like i tap into to resources and solutions that people have when i hear people speak about what they doing i'm like all right i got a kid especially for that yes i got literally. i got a kid that wants that let me check my role let me yep let me fill that in let me make a relationship with them so that i can shoot you somebody because I can't handle everybody and Mikey can't handle everybody. And Angela can't handle everybody and yeah. Tosh can't, everybody can't handle all the kids. So let's, let's figure out where, where you can yeah. go. And everybody, just, everybody that stepped up, you know, right now is relevant and we, yeah. they just really need guidance. You are welcomed, and appreciated. History needed, though, yeah. too. respect the work. I'll say that respect mm-hmm. the work. Uh, you know, don't get caught out here on left field because you just didn't know what this person was doing. And I, and I'll tell you just a real quick story before we bring Grant on. Um, one of my, one of the people I look up to as a mentor, and I've said this many times here, had a conversation with me about the NAACP back when I was like, y'all need to just fall off a bridge somewhere. I was so upset. So angry. And he was like, he told me this story about not waving off your spot. And I'm going to tell y'all the story now real quickly. Um, you know, he was talking about being in the gym and I don't know if this is a real story. Now I got to ask him, did this really happen or not? It doesn't really matter. No, but it's, it's great. It's a great, but he said he was in the gym. He was watching this young bull over there on the bench. And his young bulls kept putting weight on the bench and he was watching the kid put this weight on there. And he's like, I've seen this kid work out. That kid can't hold all that weight. 
you know, so he's watching to put it on there and he went to get on it and he stopped it. He was like, hey, man, you know, I'll, I'll help you. Like, I'll, I'll give you a spot. And the kid got all angry. Like, man, get away from here. I got this. I don't need your help. I, you know what I'm saying? So the dude was like, you know, you sure? I, it's no big deal. I can help you out. Dude yelled at him and waved him off. Young bull, right? Mike Lynn waved him off. Get away from me. I'm straight. I don't, I don't need you. So he said he went back to his uh, treadmill, you know, got to working, you know, working out, but he kept his eye on him because he knew the kid couldn't lift all that weight. It's just, <laughs> I know you can't lift that. So from experience, the kid got it off the bar in a bench press, you know, he's laying on his back. He got it off the bar and everybody can get any weight off and then you can hold it there, but it's getting it down and back up. That's the problem. So he said he watched the kid get it down. And as soon as he went to push up, it was stuck. And so he ran over there and grabbed the bar, pulled it up. Got it up off of him, and the kid immediately jumped up again. I told you I didn't need your help, yada, yada, yada. So he's like, all right, man, and walked away, went back to his, his uh, what you call it. And so he said he seen this other old-timer walk over and talk to the kid. And they was in the locker room. He said this other old-timer come over and talk to the kid. And then the kid came over and talked to him like, you know, I really apologize. You know, I didn't really mean to snap on you like that. You know, I shouldn't have did that, yada, yada, yada. And so, you know, he took his apology or whatever. But the moral of the story he told me was like this. And I understand this because I lift weights. When you have a spot, you can lift more than you can without it. So like, and it's not that it's the mental aspect too, that I know I can put this weight on and I'm a push, 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 push. And even if that person only gives me a finger, a lot of times you see somebody spot, they only using two fingers because you only need to like help with five of those pounds. Even though you're holding 315, you just need to help five of those pounds, maybe even just to get over a little cusp. And so he was telling me that when, you know, like, just don't wave it off because you never know if you're going to need it. Like, he waved him off. He went back to the, to the what you call it. And if he had walked off and was like, I'm going to let him get stuck under that. You know what I'm saying? How dangerous that could have been. Exactly. So the moral of the story was just don't wave off your spot. As bad as you might not like what they're saying or doing at this point, they may see something you don't. They may know something you don't. Just don't wave them off. Don't, don't, don't burn the bridge, basically. And I was just like, wow. The way he put that, though. Like, the dude, the dude like is just. That. But this is why. This is why I always say uh, all of these people matter. Because when I first came in the game with the village, this is a group that I was like, they don't want the kids I want. They this, that, the other. They yada, yada, yada. And then I was just like, epiphanies kept happening. And I was like, they're so relevant. They're so relevant. They absolutely need to be doing it. And I always shout them out. If I tell you these things, you could probably put it into perspective on who I'm talking. I always shout them out because they are so relevant. And that man, if he can tell me, as a 40-year-old, 39-year-old dude that feels like I know everything and he can make me change how I look at something, then an 18-year-old, a 17- or 16-year-old kid, regardless of what they was into, you know, when we talk about this particular group, a lot of kids they have aren't really into the trouble. But we can't really look at it, the, the egg before the chicken or the chicken before the egg mm -hmm. because maybe they're not in all that trouble because they got them in ninth grade. Exactly. And they started working them through this you process and then stayed with them all the way through. So anyways... Uh, that's that's what I would say to any of these uh, people that are stepping out here and they are young to me. Uh, most of them, uh, you know, just don't wave off your spot. You never know what somebody might be willing to do to help you or whatever the case is. So <sighs> that was good. All right. So now we are going to bring on Grant Blood the second. And let me actually. Uh, Yep. There we go. So what you're looking at, this is Grant Blood II, who is candidate for at-large city council, his beautiful wife, Rachel, and we've got Remy and Ranger. So I'm going to read you all um, his bio, and this is in his own words, just to give you a little bit about him. And then, of course, you get to have a conversation with him about him and uh, his vision for Lansing. 
So this is in Grant's own words. My name is Grant Michael Blood II, born in Grand Rapids, raised in Ionia by my father, a UAW committee person at the Old Fisher Body Plant, who taught me about the dedication and hard work of the auto workers that built the vehicles that Lansing is known for. My mother is a U.S. Uh, Postal Service letter carrier that always pushed me to keep going in life no matter the challenges. I have for the better part of 15 years lived, worked, and set up roots in the Lansing area, and I'm very happy to call Lansing my home. 10 of those 15 years were spent working as a safety and security manager at a local nonprofit vocational rehab in Lansing, and for the last two years as a physical security specialist at an East Lansing-based large financial institution. In my career at both organizations, I've specialized in security design, CPTED, de-escalation tactics, and active violence response training. I hold a Bachelor of Silence, uh, excuse me, Science. Silence. Silence, s'il vous plaît. Bachelor of Science. It's the only thing I know from French class. <laughs> My teacher, my teacher kept saying, Chalant, save a place. Like, That's silence, so please. fitting. <laughs> I hold a Bachelor of Science degree uh, from Ferris State University in Criminal Justice and multiple safety and security professional certifications. I am the current Young Professionals Liaison with the ACES, the American Society for Industrial Security, Mid-Michigan Chapter, and an active member in numerous other security groups. Welcome, Grant. Welcome, brother. Hey, thank you for having me tonight. Absolutely. So I told the story about how I seen you at Juneteenth and you walked up and I seen you from afar and I kind of knew because of the beard because I remember that I couldn't get ready because y'all and then you talked about the blood beard and everything else. So tell us a little bit about your beard. What, what, what brought this on? I know conversation with your wife was like, at least she's happy that you groom it and put some oil in it. Yeah, and whatnot. At least I take care of it a little bit. Yeah. Well, I, I want to tell you the story about seeing you at Juneteenth real quick. Okay. I was like, I'm pretty sure that's Michael. I'm pretty sure that's Michael. So I was like walking around. I was texting her too at the same time. Yeah. Like I'm pretty sure I saw Michael. So I need to go and introduce myself in person instead of having this Zoom thing all the time. Yeah, yeah. Feel it out a little bit. Right, yeah. Yeah, so the beard, pandemic beard all the way. Really? You know, I just kept going. So you had a naked face before that? Uh, it was... Do we have a naked. picture? It was an election beard. Oh. All right, fine. fine. Okay. Election okay. beard, it kept going. All right. Uh, well, it started in September, get, just letting it keep going and going and going. Gotcha. And now I actually take care of it. The food's not... Like I take care of it anyways, but there's just no food in it from the week before, <laughs> That's as we talked about the other earlier. I should have introduced Rachel too, because she's over here in the background. Yes, that is Rachel. Right there, you guys can see her on camera there. So as we my lovely get, wife Rachel, yeah, as we get conversation going, we may bring her in for some conversation as we uh, draw back and forth. They yeah. talked about their relationship and and how good a relationship was in a back and forth, like me and my wife do a lot on a lot of issues. People just think that. I don't know. People always think that the man just runs the show. Like I like if like you, you remember me? the conversation, like if you was to run like all oh, that. So like this is what they did to Judy Clark. They was like, well, because of Hugh, she won't be able to run her own that campaign. So upset. How upset does it make you? So upset. <laughs> you know Extremely upset. Yeah, like, because it's just it's really a generalization. That I'm doesn't like make the, any sense. It doesn't make any sense. And I'm like, you would never say that, you know, about the the man in the role. Vice reversed. versa. Yeah. But this never. is why I brought it up, because the conversation was that she's taught you a lot of things about like yeah, moving through this that. process and so how, how how do you feel about like what do you have to tell the people about that relationship oh, well our relationship it's already a house divided she's a michigan fan over there i'm mm, a sparty yeah I'm a spartan fan all the way go green um yeah go white um she grew up in flint michigan man i grew up on a dairy farm in uh, ionia ionia county so she has different perspectives on life than i have on life as well so it's just getting together and talking about as things were happening last year yeah. um the protests and um, Floyd and everything like that. And just seeing her perspective from growing up in an area that's very diverse yeah. to a, a place that I'm from that's not diverse. Yeah. And I learned at a later age um, to just 
understand the different experiences that are out there and actually listen to those different experiences yeah, that are going on. That's a high quality, that is, man. It's a partnership important. here. Our, our, our marriage is a partnership here. Yeah, that's dope. So, I mean, that's kind of how we are. We, we, we still can't agree on certain things even after 23 years, but... <laughs> Uh, we come to a consensus that we're not going to fight about it. We just yeah. we just decide to go our separate ways on these yeah. things. Yeah, today we're going to we're not going to fight about it anymore. Today, <laughs> yeah, healthy debates. They're always exactly. good in the marriage. Healthy right. debates. Right. I just tell people that I'm like people like to talk about. Um, you know, you shouldn't argue. You shouldn't do this. And I'm like, why not? Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's the fine. way that you do. But having an argument is an argument. It's a debate. It's a conversation. Call it what you want. As long as you're respecting each other. Yeah, I think it's necessary. Yeah, you know? but so I think it's important to mention though that you talked about like this this um i don't know this this uh wait i don't know the word match like you know when you kind of come into understanding of something the uh the uh what's uh zach's thing oh an about face yeah like it's kind of like you had this thought process of something and then you know wife's telling you you're hearing it from all different directions and you're like damn i never thought of that perception or that you know that that look at it that way mm -hmm. And so, like, tell me about that more. Like, how, what, what did you learn? Or like, what, what happened during that process of like the George Floyd, you know, murder, and then watching the protest, and from both sides, like, mm -hmm. you know, you had uh, us protesting the the murder of George Floyd, and then you had this, you know, the right wing protest protesting like not being able to get their hair done or their beard clip type thing. Like, oh, yeah, how did you feel clip? about that? Learn to maintain on your own. That's all I got to tell that That's side it. at that point. I went you know, bald can... during that time. So, okay. <laughs> I was like, you know what? I'm good. I just bought some shavers that are the bald shavers they use in the military. And yep. I'm cool now. Just go I mean, for it. I hate missing my barber sometimes, but other than that. So what was your, what was your, uh, you know, your education there? Uh, so Rachel just really opened my eyes. Um, I believe she told me at one point her high school was one of the most diverse in the state mm. over in Flint. Um, I forgot the name of the high school. I'm drawing a blank on that. Carmen Ainsworth over in okay. Flint. Right. Yeah, one of the most diverse in, in the state. In the county. Okay. In the county. All right. And I was going to say, because I'm sure Cass Tech got all that. <laughs> or Martin Luther King. Yeah, like, yeah, all those got those. King the got it. Still yeah. For Genesee County. Yeah. That's a, that's a yeah. good one right there. Yeah. Um, so as the pr protests were um, going, and which rightfully so, they should have been. There needed to be change at that point. Um, I had this little argument inside myself actually um being that i was predominantly pro-law enforcement mm. for the longest point so i see this and i'm analyzing the heck out of the video mm -hmm. um sitting there just analyzing analyzing talking to my buddies that are still in law enforcement trying to figure out what happened where what was it the way it should it was portrayed all this other stuff and then i'm telling her my thoughts and then we're going she's telling me her thoughts and then we're working on this like very it's just it was just a healthy like okay yeah this was this is all wrong because mm -hmm. like, especially when they teach you see, uh, PPCT, which most law enforcement has taught in um, control tactics is mm -hmm. eventually sometimes you do have that knee slip mm -hmm. up to the top and you're supposed to correct, correct immediately, yeah, correct, correct yeah. that. And so I was analyzing the heck out of that thing. And just like, why didn't he correct? What the heck? What's, mm -hmm. what's going on? And obviously he's yeah, for a sociopath minutes. or whatever at that yeah. point, he's just not there. Yeah. Um, so we were just going back and forth. She actually got me to come down to um, the, the Black Lives Matter protest mm. um, at the Capitol. I, I didn't participate because I just didn't feel comfortable mm -hmm. being that it was. Let me ask you a question. Did you carry there? I did not carry. No. Oh, because I remember. I that, am pro, uh, Second Amendment, pro Second Amendment. Good, good. I was doing security there and I remember there was a guy, there was a couple guys and it, it might have been you. Did you have a beard then? I, uh, yeah, it was smaller beard. Yeah. When you walked in, maybe maybe it wasn't you, but this person or this group, when they, did you come with anybody? Nope, just me and her. Okay, okay. Well, maybe it wasn't then because, you know, usually uh, they came to do something and wouldn't come with their wife, but. 
uh, our our headphones were squawking. Like, we got one coming up that's such and such and such. I mean, it's like, you know, because, you, you know, we always talk about fitting the description. You know what I'm saying? Oh, we yeah. all have our biases. Mine, you know, I'm, I'm nervous that at a Black Lives Matter, you know, rally and, and so on and so forth that you Be said. So, yeah, we're, we're, high we're alert. alert. Like, hey, you know, somebody doesn't look, somebody, who looks out of place here? You know what I'm saying? So, uh, but anyways, so how did that, how that, how, how that, that go for you? That experience, yeah. that experience was just amazing to see our democracy at work at that point. You have the right yeah. to protest. And that, yeah. that is exactly what should be happening. Yeah. And then we have the mistakes that happened later in the evening. So but, you're not talking about BLM. That's good that we make this understanding. You're talking about the very first protest that happened. Mm -hmm. That yes. wasn't Black Lives Matter. So this is a very good distinction okay. to make. So that first one that happened, Black Lives Matter actually put out announcements for people to stay in the house. Don't okay. go out there because of the danger that was going on around yeah. the country when they were when they were rallying. You know, we knew that there was people co-opting it, you know, okay. in uh, Minneapolis. May 31st, the, the one that happened yep. on May 31st yep. last yeah. year. Yeah. There people was infiltration happening. Breaking out windows, starting the stuff. And mm -hmm. so. All the Antifa infiltration. Yeah. Sorry. Okay. Yeah. Or whoever. Uh, so that's a good, uh, that's another good distinction is because I don't know that it was Antifa. I think that maybe it might have been, you know, the alt-right. So this is where we, we may differ in conversation. But, you know, in Minneapolis, when the first person busted out the windows at that auto zone. Yep. It was an alt-right. It was somebody on the right that did that. Yeah, they, did you are they, you are you aware the Bugaloo, of that? Yeah, the Boogaloo boy. I yep. think it yeah. was over in Minneapolis. Yeah, yeah. I don't know what what affiliation I, so, I was. I keep naming off like yeah. When you name those, when you name those groups, I'm very familiar with those groups. Yep. So I'm like, ah, uh, it's not. I'm like, hi. I shouldn't probably bring that to the full. Like, hey, these are these groups. I don't want to yeah. throw it that way. All well, right, I mean, great. you know, we have different perspectives, but I, I think that I think that what we were more concerned of from Black Lives Matter standpoint with our young babies in the city is that don't go out here and let somebody throw a brick through the window because what we found out after that rally or that that protest that happened that day they had snipers they ended up gassing the kids afterwards yep. so on and so forth so that was a concern for us in the beginning that it would get out of hand like that so why is it that you would even bring snipers why would it why is it that you would gas you know the pro protesters that are peaceful and there's been uh multiple accounts of people that were there when the gassing started that they were on their knees in front of, and I know there was a big fight, and I know that a car got flipped and all of that stuff. Well, the car drove through first, so. So understandable. That's, that's matters. what I'm saying. Yeah. All of that context matters, though. Matters. So that was a real big issue for us, and this is why we were saying stand down. Yeah. Our our rally actually was in June. That's why I was saying okay. different, uh, different situation. Our rally was in June, later in June, and uh, and it was you know. It didn't. It went off without a hitch, yeah. but uh, ultimately. So the, you were at a different one, but that's a good distinction. Yeah, yeah. May thirty first one. Yeah. That's the, that's yeah. the one I went to, yeah. okay. um, and it was just amazing watching it. Um, the eight minutes, uh, mm. forty. Mm. How many seconds it was? I'm yeah. forgetting. I apologize. Yeah. Laps there. Um, seeing that um, image of everyone laying there for the eight minutes was just amazing to see, and everyone just coming together for something that was wrong and just opened the light to everything that was occurring in our country that was wrong yeah. at that point in time. Be it. The organization, the systematic racism, synthetic racism, sorry about that, um, and just everything that's going with those groups, yeah. um, just showing that stuff. Yeah. So, I mean, as a policymaker is what you're trying to become. What, what, what did you take out of that? So another good distinction is that you say you are pro-police and, and you're, you know, you've lived in this police world of. So you'll see things from a different light. Mm -hmm. We understand that. Like, I'm going to draw the six. You're going to see a nine because uh, but. Do you agree that so? I guess what's your stance on the police and how how it's moving in in the city we've and only country? We've heard bits and parts. Yeah. So just before you answer that, no, that the America Twenty Life has had Phil Robinson. You're familiar with who he is? You told me about it at Juneteenth, actually. Yeah, yeah we had yeah. Phil Robinson on the show, mm -hmm. 
and it was a very it was a very good discussion. Yeah, it was a great uh, discussion. We came out of the discussion knowing each other a little better, and you know I don't think he fouled up anything crazy, but he just got his points across, and I mm-hmm. think that's important to do. Don't I wouldn't I wouldn't try to be a wolf in sheep's clothing to you, you know. So let's just be just. What is your position on you know policing in the country? Yeah, policing in the country, just uh, policing in the country just needs better training at this point in time. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think we can get deeper into my ideas. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. for and policies, but. My ideas on there's not a there's not not every cop is bad. Mm-hmm. There are bad cops. They're just not all all of them are bad. Yeah. And there's ways to alleviate some of this um, these issues that are occurring within departments. Uh, blue lives blue lives in general. It's a it's a a movement. It's a it's a live it's a livelihood. It's a, a way of life mm-hmm. for law enforcement in a way similar. It's a brotherhood. They look at it that way. Mm-hmm. So it's a matter of getting that. Do you remember group. when it was the blue line? The blue, yeah, it was a thin blue line, and then it turned to blue lives. It's it was the the blue line is what I was used to when I was yeah. going through college. Because we all knew the blue yeah, line. Yeah, you you have that brotherhood. Yeah, and it's it was a way to get you had Iraq and Afghanistan happen, and it was a bunch of vets coming mm-hmm. back, and they go into law enforcement or the fire department stuff like yeah. that. They want that other brotherhood. Yeah, and so they start to absorb that new brotherhood, and mm-hmm. that's their police department. They always have each other's back. So yeah. I believe that you just need to get that stuff out of there. Just weed it out mm-hmm. as much as you can and get it working better for the community and give the community a better oversight. Question for you. So we say that all cops aren't bad and that there's good police. The problem with that is even with the conversation around just hire more diversity. Mm-hmm. But if you bring more diversity into a screwed up system, then it's just going to be the well, policy is bad sometimes too. Policy's terrible. Mm-hmm. Uh, the whole idea of, um, you know, policing in general for me <laughs> Is one of those things, but I know that we need. I know that we need somebody to be able to deal with law. For instance, if somebody breaks in this building and steals all of our equipment, who do I call? Your insurance company is going to tell you the police department. That's what I'm saying. So I understand that they're 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 necessary, but I think that the way that it's been, that the way the police have been able to police has been dangerous. And so, um, transparency, um, huge. Yep, transparency is huge. Accountability is huge. Um, you know the fact that that brotherhood is so tight all the way up the ranks is a problem too because then you know the guy that me and you were best buddies and we was on a shift together for 20 years and now all of a sudden i'm a captain you're such and such and then my son works down here just got here five years ago then all of his buddies and they're the ones that beat somebody up in the jail and killed him i'm i mean there's no way you could even expect my, my legacy issue here that i'm gonna like send charges on my son i'm gonna do everything i can to stop it so that's a problem, and I don't know. I don't. I, don't, I really don't know how to work inside of the system to change it. So, what is your idea? Well, that's in, that's where you get in, like a civilian um, internal affairs department yes, at that point. Yes, yes. You really need to take out the investigation investigation process from mm-hmm. law enforcement, the yeah. Brotherhood, yeah. and have civilians do that investigating of okay. what is occurring and what um, any abuse of power or anything yeah. like that is occurring. Yeah. Once you give that oversight to the civilian population and make it up where it's. A very diverse so group. East Lansing just leaders. did that. Yeah, they did. You're yeah, right. East Lansing yeah. just did that. They've it's got not how many counselors on staff too yeah. that they're walking the beats. Yeah. So um, that's another problem. Counselors on staff because they're 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 still a part of this like good old boys situation where I love that you said good old boy. That was like the thing that just popped popping. Yeah, in good my old head. boy. I, I you know I'm a firefighter. Yeah. yeah. I was a firefighter in, in the system for six years, and it is in a culture, and, it's, and and I know what that that environment can do to somebody who goes in with all the intentions on doing the right thing. It, it changes you. And if you don't change, then you become Mike Lynn, right? That's just the problem. So it doesn't matter. If I was to go to work in an LPD as Black Lives Matter activists and all of these other things, I can't be that in there. 
they'll they'll find a way to move me up out of there. So it's the system. It's the it's the change. It's the, that change yeah. that needs to happen. I think that's important to name because I think that people have. And when I listened to Grant's um, his strategy and his ideas and his vision. Um, and I did, you know, it's hard when you hear someone cause they, they, they start off with, well, how do you feel about this? And of course people are like, they get turned off by it. Right. Instantly. But I always try to take a deep breath and listen to the rest because there's a reason why that person feels that way. There's a reason why they have that thought process, that vision. And I think it's important for people to have the thought process of, you know, the bad cop, you know, thing, while that can be true, I think for many of us that are, I guess, I hate to use on the other side of things, but that's the term that people use. Um, and I would say I would be on the other side of things. I think the hard part about that is in a perfect world, um, you want training, you want transformation, right? That's what you, that's what's needed. But um, it's the system inherently as it stands. Trying to transform that system doesn't work because we're, we actually need to build a, a new system that operates completely different. And so that's where abolishment, that everybody hates that word and everybody's like... Can we abolish the police They, they hear abolish the police and they're like, oh my gosh, crime. I have an idea that could possibly work. Yeah. We can let's get into it. it real so quick. Let's right. get yes, into your, let's that's get into what I want to hear. This is not a debate. All right. this, is, no. this is not a debate between us. We understand but that But I know there's interest different different That's why I brought that up. Yeah, yeah there's we, definitely We, we just went right out of the gate. You yeah. know, that's that's what we did here. That's Mary. Yeah. That's cool. Let's jump into it. So I think I just want to set a platform and base that people understand where you stand on these things. So that's cool. And then we get to hear your platform and what you do decide because this is what i am a realist and i understand that we're not about to the budget's already out yep 40 some odd million yes and now they're they brought in a grant for another whatever the case is and they got to match that so that's like another nine hundred thousand dollars or something crazy like that we know the budget's there how do we move forward at this point so Mm -hmm. let give us some ideas of what you would do with this budget coming in for the following year because you'll be here in november that budget's good till july of next year i believe and so what would you do or what's Tell your idea of policing? There's a lot of leg work involved in my idea. That's like, I'm going to hit this, the ground running pretty hard. It's almost thrown in the deep end a little bit. Um, I brought up to you at Black Lives Matter, the forum, mm-hmm. uh, the Camden experiment. Mm-hmm. Camden experiment. Um, Camden was uh, highest violence in New Jersey. It was always known. It had like a population of 77,000 people. So much lower than Lansing. Yeah. And the violence was just getting out of control. And they couldn't fund their police department anymore. They mm. were going broke at the yeah. same time. So they asked the unions for help. And the union's like, no, 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 we're good. We like our fringe benefits. Mm-hmm. We're not we're not going to help you. And so they came back with, all right, cool, fine. You're not going to help? We're firing all of you. Mm. So they actually fired the whole entire police department. And they made them rehire? Yeah, because, because the union contract isn't valid anymore once you oh. dissolve a whole department. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you, wow. You, That's you, true. Yeah. That is, that's crazy. Once you, once you get rid of it, the union contract's not there. Valid. Yeah. So, so as a union guy, I'm kind of hurt off of that. That's I, like, that's I, union busting. It, well, it, that's what the unions came back with. It is. But within, so the way it played out is they became a county PD oh, run by the you, sheriff. I see where you're going. Yep. They they came back as a county PD run by the sheriff. Yes, the fringe benefits were a little different. Fringe benefits were the legacy costs. Yeah. You're not going to get your 100% pension or 80% pension yeah, anymore. Yeah, that's yeah. all that it was, really. Yeah. There were some health benefits, of course. But they came back and let it, the sheriff run. And the that actually saved like $90,000 an officer that that was then transferred over to social services. Mm. And within a year later, the union was back in Mm. and they had their contract negotiations going again, but to get the, to work their way around it, they had to get rid of the, just dissolve. Yeah. The whole PD. Yeah. And it's not like they're taking the whole County either. They just have the city of Camden, but they're called the Camden County police department. So very important. Mm. Uh, 
you know, when Verge uh, was talking about running and all the conversation was going on, he talked a lot about regionalism. He talked about it even while he was still mayor here. And this is the reason why Chief Telefero was brought in as East Lansing's fire chief and then Lansing's fire chief to split that to find out how they could actually maneuver this in. Because I and I understand it totally. I'm like, why do we have I'm going to tell you how ridiculous it is in Lansing. You probably know this already. Throw a rocky hit five. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's not just that, but you have Lansing Township that has these little, it's almost like somebody like threw water on I a t I wish you could pull up those jurisdiction lines. Those I are know. the dumbest things no, I've ever seen No, they're like, in my life. so the places that they are, Lansing Township is over by Sexton. There's a little spot over on East Michigan Avenue mm-hmm. or West Michigan one. Avenue. And then there's uh there's one over in the uh, Grossbeck neighborhood. Yep. And there's like one engine, one ambulance in there. And they like, they like almost fight to just to stay relevant. Meaning like, you know, they're the worst person to come to a situation, but they're always wanting to go just so they can be relevant. And so the conversation was like, this is before I even understood the regionalism, the regionalizing that uh, Verge was trying to do. This was just conversation amongst the fire departments is that you have a chief there. That chief don't want to give his job up. Holt, Delhi County, Delhi Township has a police or a fire department. Half of them are paid on call. And then, you know, you got like a four or five, I don't know how many it is exactly, maybe 16 full-time firefighters. And we, most of the time, if they have a fire, they have to call us for mutual aid. They don't have enough people to, to handle a real fire. Uh, Lansing Township's the same way. If it happens in their district, they have to call Lansing or East Lansing, whoever's closer. Already. East Lansing has to call us. So Lansing always has to- The mutual aid agreements have already been out there forever. Ever. Why not combine? I agree totally. <laughs> and I can tell you why, because these chiefs ain't gonna give up their jobs or who's negotiating this stuff. It'd take the mayors to be like, all right, nope, I don't care. After this chief, for instance, right now, we're looking for a chief in, in Lansing, right? And East Lansing is now needing a chief. That would be the perfect time to do it. Do it. It, right it worked already once. Why it not do it again? It worked already once. You have one chief. They've got, I think, two firehouses in East Lansing. That's it. Mm-hmm. We've got five or six in Lansing. Yeah, six yeah, in Lansing. Six, yeah. And uh, so that eight firehouses that control the whole city of Lansing and East Lansing. And the Marina Township's out there with, again, one engine. Anytime they have a fire, they have two to call houses, us I out think, there. Yeah. yeah, but that's what I'm saying. And the one house only holds, I think, two people in it. And they just run an ambulance. So that's what I'm saying. It just, the I understand the annex, the, the annex mm-hmm. aspect of, of, you know, we want to make sure we can get places in enough time. But to hold a whole administration and all of that and pay different salaries and all of that, when that would really be that two people out there would be six people it would take to house that house in, 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 uh, in Okanis. So- and you combine I'm, those budgets too, and then you're saving a ton of money at that point. There you point. go. There you, you go. You just combine budgets. You're saving yeah. tons, and the legacy costs gonna yeah. get absorbed as well. And so, speaking of the regionalism, when you're talking about Lansing, again, we have Lansing Township, uh, Lansing Police, we have Michigan State Police, you have LCC Police, you got Ingham County Police, Eaton County on Waverly, uh, you got Michigan the State, State Police. Police, yeah, Michigan mm-hmm. State Police, Capitol Police, you got East Lansing that comes in here. I mean. To, that just, just got to get going. You got the Meridian Williamson, I think, still has a, yeah. a little bit going on there. I mean, it just gets crazy to even yeah. think to dispatch. When you listen to the dispatch come out, um, you know, my wife asked this the other day. We were sitting here and Delhi came in down this street right here. She's like, why is Delhi here? Well, because, you know, sometimes the department gets, you know, overwhelmed. All the ambulances are out and they have to call in mutual aid. Mm-hmm. Well, that costs us to call them in here. Not the same amount of money that it costs normal guy to go. Yep. It costs us up. to bring... Meridian in here, they're or not Meridian, but Delhi, they're like happy to go because they've that bill done, comes in and the city has to pay for it. They've done nothing all day. And not to say I don't want to down talk Delhi. I'm well, just saying like in in reference to different. us doing twenty four calls on an ambulance a yeah. day and them doing five, they've done nothing all day. And then all of a sudden they get this call and it's like 
boom, we get to go into Lansing or, or vice versa, you know? So like, I, I feel you a hundred percent. I don't, I don't understand why it hasn't happened up to this point. Other than, like I said, the administrative chiefs that'll sit in a room and have that conversation. They're like, well, this sounds like you're getting rid of my job. Who's going to be the chief of this, this, you know, this, this regionalized thing. I've been here for 20 years. It's my turn to be in charge. Why are you taking That's that it. from me? That's it. That's right the there. biggest one right there. But this is a perfect time right now because yeah. East Lansing doesn't have a chief. Neither does Lansing. Um, exactly. It's do the fire department again. Mm-hmm. That worked. We know that we've yeah. seen that. Mm-hmm. Heck, I actually saw the patch before it was the Metro patch that they had already designed. Yeah. We never used seeing it. That. Yeah. Yeah. I remember seeing that. I'm like, so oh, this is pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. It's a neat patch. Yeah. Um, the regionalization though, for like the chief who would be the chief, my idea falls into, um, Scott Rigglesworth would be in charge mm-hmm. and then he would appoint the chief. So why is this so important? You talk, we talked about this and I understand it. I get it. And I actually had a conversation in our fire school. There's one guy, who is just very analytical. Uh, the fire inspector, the fire chief was telling us like, you know, about transfer of power when uh, death happens. And uh, one of the guys like, you know, you'll transfer it over to Lansing police. And another guy was like, no, it's state police. They have total control. And this one guy was like, no, the sheriff is the only the person sheriff. who can arrest the president. And I was yeah. like, what? Where did you even come with like, that from? It, that, that comes over from English common law. Yeah. Uh, we, we adopted that from English, English common law when we were the colonies. Yeah. It's been around forever where the sheriff is the leading law enforcement body in the counties. Yeah. Uh, so the this, sheriff of Nottingham, like Robin Hood stuff. Yeah. Yep. Sheriff's mm-hmm. in charge. So why is this so important to somebody like us who have this big disdain for the work that, and or the, the work, first of all, that um, Daryl Green, Chief Green has done here. And we're like, we just want him gone. Andy won't do it. It's so important because we always talk about our vote being so powerful. Well, that's how you get. That's how you get it right there. You vote for your sheriff. Yeah. You vote for your sheriff. That sheriff will is in charge of running a jail. And that's ultimately what a sheriff is in charge of, yeah. is running mm-hmm. a jail. Mm-hmm. It just happens that sheriffs have gotten road, road patrols in the last however many years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But he can appoint the chief of patrol yeah. or whatever that point. And then, you know what? doesn't like what's going on that person boots the chief that's it's it. a sheriff in charge yeah four years later you don't like how law enforcement's being done then you, move you boot out. the sheriff that's it and the mayor's got a lot of stuff going on yeah why should someone that's studied politics and not law enforcement be in charge be in of picking the person that. that's yeah running law enforcement absolutely um fair 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 no i i get it and yeah. so this is what i'm saying like i i i'm i'm i could mule up and say hell with that let's abolish all of it right this second but also i know that the, over the next year this is what we got and those ideas are great. The regionalization, the regionalization of this area is obviously good uh, financially for all of us, and, but also it's good for the fire department too because it helps us out a lot. We're not having to deal with, you know, overwhelming. Like for instance, East Lansing sits and doesn't do anything all day unless there's a football game, but we're running our <laughs> ass off all day. You know what I'm saying? And they could take some of that burden off. I mean, so it would be helpful drunk to everybody. Kid, dr- puking in a bush. Kind yeah, of thing. puking yeah. in a bush type stuff. That's <laughs> really the, the cause they it's, take. It's the same conversation across the board when we're talking about the mutual aid, but we're talking about police because you're right. We have to understand the moment we're in and be realistic, right? We understand that all of this conversation that's very, very laser focused and it's very, it can get heated. It's really complex. Um, it's a complex conversation to talk about defund abolish reform in police transformation of police whatever you want to call it wherever you stand on it and you're absolutely right we are where we're at right now right, there have been him. decisions y- you Thanks. and 
There. I'm right, not you. I, I, did you put it in like a bank like the days yeah, we were right? Yeah, this is why we do the show. You wanted a video evidence always. That's true. But this is only for court, just in case. It's, it's the moment, you know, I think it's the moment that we're in right now. And we don't have a choice, unfortunately, but to be realistic of where we're literally at because things have already been done. Thing, decisions have been made. I will, in this moment, have these conversations because we're on a path that we've got to do with what we got. But while we're in that moment, I still have the conversation of abolishment simply because I think it's important to name that when we have the conversation of abolishment that makes everyone uncomfortable, we have to remember what it actually truly means. The abolishment is a transformation. It's a vision and it is something that people can't see. And it takes a very long time to be able to even see that. But from my perspective, all it means abolishment, this conversation that you all are having, that makes a whole lot of sense. That's a part of abolishment because you're trying to rebuild something into something that it's not currently. And that's why I always have, I understand the transformation conversation and the reform. I do, I get that 100%. I just know that that kind of transformation, um, it doesn't happen. It doesn't happen without kind of wiping that slate clean. Mm -hmm. They abolished we don't police have in the, Camden. Yeah, they, then, they got gone, yeah. see you later. And then the new use of force policy that they came out with afterwards, mm -hmm. amazing. The uh, commission, uh, um, I'm trying to remember exactly who they went. They went to a New York university, got them to work for it. Civil Liberties Union, they worked on their use of force, and it's the most progressive use of force policy in the country mm. after this. So and what's I, the crime I've, rates? You have the stats, I firmly don't you? Oh, that the crime rates in yes. Canada right now? Yeah. Oh, my God. I, I did not pull that one. Oh. So I know you've you got, got some, the evidence. Though. But was, that right there I brought your happened. use of force policies right here. Though. That, but that, and then that's a thing, and that's Lansing's? why I believe in it. It wouldn't Canada. have happened oh, without Canada. that. Love that. Nah, I mean, you keep yeah. it, but what's important in it? What's important in it? Yeah, like pull out the... So the all. use of force policy... Oh, sorry, I got away from the mic here, guys. I apologize. Let me go to the uh, the basics here. Right on the back. Core principles. Officers may use force only to accomplish specific law enforcement objectives. Core principle one. Core principle two. Whenever feasible, officers should attempt to de-escalate confrontations with the goal of resolving encounters without force. Officers may only use force that is objectively reasonable and necessary and a last resort. They they like really lock in that last resort stuff. And I don't think many departments have that as a thing. So don't roll up and F stuff up. Yeah, pretty much you're not gonna start there and I'm, I wanna brawl today kind yeah. of thing. Yeah. Um, officers must use only the amount of force that is proportionate to the circumstances. So mm -hmm. it used to be in training that you were allowed to go up one, one notch. Yeah, yeah one notch. Yep. They're saying, no, you're level now. Yeah. You're just level. Yeah. And they that's huge. If they want right to fight, there. you get to fight. That's yep. it. And you get to go yeah, high enough to actually win the fight. Yeah. Instead of just control. Yeah. So that's my background is the escalation tactics and gaining that control to then alleviate that altercation. Yeah. So see, as, as yeah, so that's... my issue with this is every police department has something like that. The problem is that when they violate it, there's no accountability for it. And that's that's a huge deal right there. They Camden also made it mandatory. You're for six months on the on a beat. You have to walk up to every house in your neighborhood that oh, you're working. Wow. Knock on the door and introduce yourself. I like that. Yeah, they went hardcore on that. I like that. So in a perfect world, this is what I would say to that. That's, Don't knock that's on my great. damn doors. Please. Beautiful. <laughs> Keep your ass over there. They're going to do that. Top, top, yeah, top. no. Yeah, don't Give do that. Give me a knock. heart attack. Don't do that knock. Yeah, I don't know. We know the knock. That's beautiful and that sounds amazing, but this is where um, I push back on it to say what I would love for that to be in place in is I want control over where, what calls are even coming on. Oh, that's the nice. issue I have because a lot of that wouldn't even come into play and they don't have to use those if they're not coming to a call that they inherently shouldn't even be coming to. There are so many things that we are asking police officers to do that they're not equipped to, we haven't equipped them to, um, and then we're 
questioning why they don't handle it properly. And it's like, because um, I don't have training in a nonprofit world where I deal with difficult people and have to use de-escalation techniques. And so I think that putting a police officer in a position to answer to things that are typically human issues. We have a heck of, in Lansing, Michigan, we'll talk about Lansing only. The calls are very much human-like issues. They're human issues. Those are things that come into play <clears throat> on violent issues, crime, criminal issues, right? We do want need someone to come in and restore order. That's what law and order yeah, is. Yeah, you pull up, they fight. Um, yeah, exactly. But the problem is, is all of that training for me, when I think about that, that training is great when you're coming on someone that's violent. Um, I watched a video the other day, and I don't remember where it was, and I wish I did. It wasn't in this country. It's a different country. Um, they don't carry guns. Oh, they don't carry England, guns. England or Denmark or any one of, of them? those. Yeah. Yep. Baton and pepper spray. They're very tra trained. And the guy came at them with a knife and he had a knife and he went to attack them and they, you know, did their, I mean, <laughs> it was like a double effort. They, they knew how to subdue, et cetera. So again, not saying that that's how it should go, but again, that was a violent person. That is a call that a police officer should come to, to be able to handle that situation because you have a person with a knife that's being aggressive, et cetera, et cetera. If somebody has somebody that's having a mental health crisis, I don't I don't want that policy coming into play because if they violate that policy, why is this person even here handling this particular issue? <clears throat> so I think that's a con the conversation for me is really backing up a little bit because this is great. I think the the what do you the regionalism? Mm -hmm. That's important. I think the transformation Most isms I don't like, but that one sounds I know, decent. but it's a good one. But the strategy, like I said, it's a it's a great one. The, the way that you view and what you want the police to do and how they do it. I think the other side of it is when they're even using that and what opportunities that we're giving them to have to use these tools and all of those things. I think for me is where I want to back up a little bit and be like, mm. well, and then Camden, when they dissolved, I'm, I keep sticking on Camden because it's called the Camden experiment. Indianapolis ended up following suit later kind of thing. Um, Camden, they actually required a, fired everyone they had to reapply for their jobs and then they had to go through new training because it's mm -hmm. a they're trying to restart 100 mm -hmm. percent restart the um what the old school the good old boy system was in camden new jersey oh. it was a corrupt system they were falling into it's new jersey it's kind of like the uh the mob running around mm -hmm. kind of thing a little mm -hmm. bit i'm not long-standing yeah it's long-standing yeah. things that are just problems mm -hmm. and they go we're starting from scratch 100 mm -hmm. and that's extreme it really is it had to be extreme for them to acknowledge they had a problem like this I, yeah that's something you don't see i feel like we're not republican there, governor yeah. actually pushed them to do it wow yeah so that's I, yeah Oh, wow. So that includes like, violent crime and. Important to say, violent, including violent crime. Nice. Yes, thank you. Yeah, thank you for that. That's what I wanted to know because that's, I mean, that's what we. we the one thing at. I didn't print out for it. Yeah. No, that's the only thing I want to know out of that big folder you brought there. <laughs> I know. I, like, <laughs> I got the Indianapolis stats and how I want to, like, a couple yeah. other yeah. things. So, I mean uh policing is the most polarized issue that we have in the city right now um because we had a death in the jail yep how would you feel about closing the jail jail gone yeah Sh sheriff's the only one that should be running a jail absolutely same thing over in east lansing they shouldn't have one but as, that's not my area isn't but... that the easy that's the easiest break and we keep saying liabilities are too strong there i did just settle the case uh today or yesterday that the city of what was it east lansing or it was it was eden county mm -hmm. lansing and ingham county all had to split the charge for a settlement of i believe eight hundred thousand dollars because eden county picked them up picked this young lady up 
um, for some ridiculous misdemeanor or something. She was a heroin addict, and she told them that she had just taken heroin. And uh, they picked her up. She bonded out of there, and then Lansing picked her up, and she came to Lansing and sat for, like, over the weekend type thing. Mm-hmm. And her, in her site where she was injecting at got infected, and she, you know, they brought you know, whatever medical in to look at her. And they said, oh, she's fine. You know, this, I've seen this happen before uh, where somebody's always fine because they're in jail, right? Because when they're in jail, they just want to get out. That's what that's what they always say. They're like chest pains. Oh, the guy just having a chest. We get him to the hospital. Dude's having a, a whole heart attack. But, they, you know, they, so anyways. They just uh, went out of the handcuffs. That's yeah, usually that's, the, that's how they, yeah, that's how they, they say it. But So they left Lansing. Ingham County came and got her, took her out there. She still didn't get any help. The girl ended up dying. She was like 29 years old. And they just settled that quietly as hell. But that's another $300,000 Lansing shared in that. You have the Anthony Hulon murder that eventually they're going to end up paying. Um, Most of the time, those things end up getting paid. Yeah. yeah. They can argue all they want, but it's going to be paid. But, but that's my point. And so yesterday when we were at the the uh, city of Lansing's Stop the Violence thing, uh, one of the things that they said is that they wanted to work on relations with police. And I said, transparency, stop killing people in the jail, and then lying about it for eight months. And then after we know about it, muling up and gaslighting us about it afterwards, the concern is always about protecting the city financially, but not the the harm that it does into the community. We're never going to heal in them circumstances. In the last year, they've gassed the kids. They beat up a little girl on Dakin Street. They beat the guy up on Baker Street or on uh, uh, Baker Street, Baker Street. Dakin, Dakin and Baker, Dakin and Baker. Baker, Dakin, Bacon. Yeah. <laughs> Both of those situations and then all the other situations that nobody ever hears about because maybe they caught him with a bag of weed. So they don't say nothing about the guy that punched their nose out. You know what I'm saying? So this is all issues that are going on that we all know about, um, but but aren't being addressed from them. So I say all that to say that Camden saying that they had this problem and then working to fix it was a major start right there. Just saying, okay, we know we got a policing issue. You you read the we talked about earlier that you read the. mayor's racial justice alliance thing the the report um and they talked about um the policing and training and so on and so forth what'd you think about it i i'm still a little uncomfortable with the way it was even done um to be honest with you putting something like that under a gag order not to even talk about how do we know how much came out of that group and was just something that got written by the city attorney uh that's that's Mm. that's what do we <laughs> that, do that's, about it? That's where I run. That's where I run uncomfortable. We need to have um, forums where actually the citizens are out there saying these are the things I want done. Yeah, the, the, it should be up to the citizens, not a group that was selected by the chief or the mayor. The mayor, yeah. So what do you do about that? I guess that's the that's the concern yeah. that we have is like because it's been done. I've talked to every yeah, it's single done, one. It's happening now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, this is a thing, uh, but it's not a thing yet. I mean, ultimately, how can I say this? I just it's, this is that strong mayor issue that that we have is that. Everybody in the whole city can say, we don't like what you just did with that. Yeah, we don't want you putting any money at it. We would rather have it be a community-based you know, situation, and there's nothing we can do about it. But I say to you, what is it that you can do from city council, do you believe, with your investigatory abilities and anything else, or bringing proposals or whatever resolutions, what is it that you would plan to do to really attack the, 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 the systemic issues that we have with race in the city, but also the policing aspect? Like, what can you do from your spot? This is what I say. I, I see people... All, I just talked about this earlier when you heard me speaking about people standing in the lane of things. And it's always to me like there's only so much you can do at large. So yeah. what is it that you do to grab that group to really work as a body that's lateral to the mayor and not this subordinate? You know, like what is your idea to all of that? Well, so back office politics aren't going to always work. You got to sometimes use 
I'm thinking like more like Roman days. You got to use the mob. The mm. mob is the citizens that want things done. Yeah. So if you're not getting stuff done in office, you use the mob. Mm-hmm. And the the mob is the most powerful thing. I'm that's not a derogatory term by any no, means. That's just how saying. it's called. Yeah. yeah. We um, use a very similar analogy. Yeah. So in that situation, you use the mob. Mm. And if you can't get things moving the way it needs to go and your constituents want, use it. Use the mob. Push yeah. it through as hard as possible. Make every pe- everyone else on council uncomfortable. Yeah. And get those things working so that's the betterment for everyone. Yeah. So um we tried that. That's what we we're gonna do with the no confidence vote. He brings a no con. They bring a no confidence vote. And back office politics got involved. Yeah, that's exactly what happened. So literally. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so literally. I mean, we just need to know that the people. Those handshakes there. and cigars and whiskey. At that yeah. Point. Say, hey man, don't do that to me, man. I know, I know, I deserve it, but don't do that to me. And then you know the other person, hey, don't do it to him. We're gonna work. And it still didn't want to be the first no confidence mayor ever. Yeah. That's the whole thing. He yeah. really lobbied the heck out of it to no, no, no. I don't do this to me. I don't yeah. want to be the first one. Yeah. No, and it, it was totally deserving. I mean, honestly. Um, but aside from all of that, cause you know, what you will do with this group of people that will come in, you know, if elected doesn't really hang on the mayor, you guys are like the, you know, you're supposed to be this lateral government that's just be on a hold that stuff at bay. Cause even the, you're supposed to hold the, the mayor accountable too. Right, the city right. council is supposed to be the ones hold. it's a checks and balance situation. But they there. say they <laughs> don't have that investigatory ability on certain aspects, but they can control the budget. And that's the thing that they have to do. If you're not doing these things and, and this is the play that. Andy made when he came in is that I'm going to have good relationships with the council like Verge wouldn't. Right. But the problem is with that is uh, I don't feel like it's a good relationship. I feel like more it's a dictatorship that, you know, I don't know what you hold. It's almost like he's residing over it sometimes. When when we watched the Zoom calls, it was almost like he was residing over it. I'm making my own little enemies now, apparently on on the show today. But no, it felt that way. In an instance, like, wait, I got to check and make sure what I'm saying is okay at this point. Or they're arguing with each other on council. too. That's all you're seeing. No, exactly. I mean, the puppet master behind the scenes a little bit in a weird way. I'm not... the, the things that I hear in the background are more or less like, you know, being 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 silenced when, when they want to speak on something and uh, goes back to the conversation about the city attorney who possibly could have wrote that. You know, uh, what 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 that's we know. And that's the Why thing. does the city attorney have that much power? The, yes. council, the council should be able to this... do something about that. I don't know the charter by heart. Yeah. That's a pretty big charter. Yeah. Um. So. But you would know it. Yeah. You'll, you'll oh, get to heck it. yeah. Yeah. So that that, was, yeah that's, that's some light reading right there at that point. Yeah. <laughs> that's what I wanted to ask is you, you've you been paying attention, obviously, because I, I want to know how you came to the point of, of even running. Like, how does that look? How did that yeah, happen? Yeah, that's a good question. My lovely wife. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. But w- with that, like, you decided to run, but obviously you were seeing some things. You yeah. were paying attention. You're looking at council. So you're kind of watching what's going on and you're getting a perception like rob just came in and said big brother is watching vibes for sure mm-hmm. you're not alone in that so you're watching how this is running you're clearly seeing that jim smirka has way more oppressive control over this and he should so is sure it's he's very relaxed in that chair in those zoom calls absolutely yeah, he's just chilling back knee up you got it so you're watching that so when you watch all that and you see what's coming out of that what are some specific things that you feel like you would do or could do just knowing what you know about the charter to combat that because that's what we've we don't know let me give you a quick tidbit uh when we were asking for a um an uh, independent investigation by the council on the police department and the fire department with all the stuff coming out of there mm-hmm. first with anthony Hulon's situation mm-hmm. actually it was all the way back to the dacre street situation yeah, but then it was the Hulon situation and then it was the baker street situation <laughs> and then it was the fire department and all the lawsuits that come out of there they kept saying we don't have any investigatory b- abilities from council, and if you go in the charter, 
It says plainly in like two sentences that the council has all the right to pull any department head in. It's not like a FOIA request. It's I can just pull it. I need to see you in my office. That's that's the part I at least have read as well. Yeah, Yeah. pretty simple. I need to see you in my office. I need to see you. I want to know what's up. That's it. And to this moment, as we sit here today on what is the day, the 29th, Mm -hmm. we have still not had any of that. Not one time has the chief of the fire department or police chief been brought in. And the only thing that I can believe and think and through conversations is that this smirker won't let it happen. And because they're tied up in litigation in these two different branches that they don't want anything out publicly. If, if, if you come in there, how can you not talk about the deaths and the beatings? And it's not like it's court ordered either at this point. It's not, it's just the city attorney saying, don't talk, don't talk. Yeah. And that's the thing. It's going to cost you, us more money. This is the thing that you always say about why you couldn't run for council. Because if the city attorney says don't talk, what you going to say? Why not? And show me where. That's and it. tell me exactly what will happen if we do. So are you willing and to And I that? mean literally oh, pull it yeah. out right now and show me. I love me. getting the answers, man. That's I it. I love doing that. I'm, so, I'm nosy by nature. That's that's how it is. <laughs> so that's what Ka- <laughs> Kathy Dunbar from her seat on council right now asked for during a mm. di- during a city council meeting. It was recent. Not recent, but it was. It was pretty recent. Yeah, it was pretty yeah. recent. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She asked for all the dis- disciplinary reports from the fire department over the last four years. All of them. She doesn't want to know names. She just wants to know race, age. You know all the discriminatory, uh, you know factors, and what they were, what they were given, and what the charge was. So uh, anonymized data. Yeah. Still has not relevant. gotten it. Still has not gotten it. And so this is like how, what type of, and this is what I'm saying to you, is that where's accountability when the highest level mules up on you and just says, whatever, I'm not doing that. Well, here's a question for you. Do you think there's actually people out there that want to tell the story? That want to say these are the things that are happening and want a safe way to say it to people? Yeah, I do. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, and they probably follow, they're like, oh, I was only told I can only go up the command st- structure. Yeah. That's yeah. the only way. Oh, yeah. Go to chain of command. Go chain of command. Yeah. Don't pass your chain of command. Yeah. Is Is there a valid way to do like an ethics point? Or it's called ethics point or something like that. A lot of corporations have that mm-hmm. anonymous, mm-hmm. but they have to follow up on it. They're hold, held by a standard to follow up on it for mm. these ethics violations. Yeah, um, ethics and integrity are huge for me. Yeah. Uh, they're a big, big push for me. Yeah, it's bit me in the butt before by putting in, um, getting out an information about someone that had someone had me do something unethical, mm. and it bit me in the butt early in my career. But you know what? It taught me better in the end. Mm-hmm. But I'm sure there's people out there ethics wise. If there's the ethics point, I believe it's what it's called. Mm-hmm. Anonymously send in, you know, and you can get their story out there. Yeah. Without having to go through the HR department. Or they just come on America because that's yeah, what we've done we too. Yeah. But yeah. they come on here and then it's got plastered and nobody cares plastered. about it. So that's just that. So somebody says June 30th. <laughs> Thank yeah. you. It is the 30th. Oh, that it? looks like my mom. Yeah. Yeah. yeah June 30th. <laughs> James said it's June 30th. Honey. I was like, it's not the 30th. Because I'm looking at it right there. I don't be knowing what day it is. It, fair point. Rob brings in something too. And, I didn't and, know either. And, Rob. and <laughs> this does suck. He, Rob said, if she loses the mayoral race, she's out of there, and we got to hope a new one does it. Well, like we're, we, and that's how you guys were talking earlier. Like everyone that's running right now has great things. They just want the betterment of the city. Mm-hmm. Um, I jokingly talked to you about you guys uh, with Coretta. Coretta and I, we, I think we had this like little healthy competition, but. It, it was great getting to talk to her at mm-hmm. Juneteenth. Mm-hmm. It was it was fu- funny. She called me her arch nemesis, and I'm still laughing about that. It was like <laughs> about the bucket list item, like check off. I guess I'm someone's arch nemesis at this point. Right. But it, she, it was all in good fun. Yeah. Like we, every time I've spoken to another candidate, it, it's obvious that we all just want something better for the right. city. That's um, it. Oh, there we go. There's, <laughs> there's, there's, now it's in print too. <laughs> I love it. 
I love it. But I really, really, after getting to know someone, the Zoom calls are just not helping us. And we're better understanding now as we've started to meet each other. And we just want to do better for the city. That's it. Yeah. You know, we may not be on the same. You were great when you were talking to us. You guys are on the pretty close to the same page, but not your ideologies are a little different, but you just want better things. I think that one, one group talks about what we want in the end. And and then the other group and yourself are talking about right now. And this, and I'm not saying that any, either one is different or worse or bad. Um, I don't think you'll ever be in the level of abolishment that we're talking about for the, the, the degree that we're talking about. But, I think that you want the same result out of it, maybe. The and path there is always going to be The path there. But so what I'm saying is that we talk about what we want. Yep. Fully. I'm not going to talk about the short end of it all. I'm not going to say, well, I want this today. And it's even like the defund police thing that came out and it started to get watered down in committee where they're like, well, how about this year we just take this and then that year we do. And it's like, nah, we want this like right now. You know what I'm saying? Like even the concession of saying over the next five years was a concession that we didn't want to give. So point being is, a lot of conversation is like when somebody says, like a Coretta says what she's saying, that's the ultimate goal we want to get to, like period. And we would like it right this second. We're demanding it right now. But then you're saying, <laughs> and I wouldn't say you're saying, but, you know, some people will say, uh, you know, we want to get to that goal at this certain point. But like today and I, ever since they signed the budget, I was like, all right, we got to live with this at this point. Yep, One year. Now. How do we do something in with this situation that we're in right now and then prepare for the next one? Like the Lansing's People's Assembly, where they're they're actually figuring out so that when the next budget comes, they got something already to present and the army behind them to say, this is what we want. Well, know, unfortunately, we stuck spoken. to those five new officers, too. Like those are stuck too. those five. That five positions could have been awesome for other pro- projects. I'm glad you said that. Thank you for bringing that in. So how do you feel about that? I, More cops aren't going to help at this point, especially if you need, if we're all concerned about training and at those other aspects, maybe that funding right there could have been used for more training yeah, or more yeah. other aspects. Or I don't how know, about counselors, investigations. Yeah, the 70 yeah. homicides that are, yeah. um, that are. So that's seen. 70 homicides. That like, means they completed, right? There's so many other young people are rocking around with bullet wounds in them right now. Like every kid, I mean, we was out at a barbecue the other day and like two kids yesterday? was on. A what? Didn't we get a number yesterday? Remember she said she pulled it up? Yeah. It I was, don't remember what it was. It, it was crazy. But what I was going to say is that everywhere I go, there's two or three kids on crutches. Mm-hmm. What happened to you? Oh, I just fell down some stairs. or You got shot, bro. Mm-hmm. And so like, that's what I'm saying. It's every, every time there's six shots going off, nobody reports. Doesn't mean somebody didn't get shot. You know what I'm saying? So... Uh, yeah, five more police officers, and you know the extent, extensive training that has to go in, and, and you know that's just not going to help. Six any months, other situation. one year FTO program. That's what um, I was, years. Yeah, year and a half of just getting an officer. Just knowing maps, not, knowing your yeah. streets. Oh my not god, no, you're, that FTO program doesn't yeah. get you set up for the maps. No. Let's be honest. Let's yeah. put a GPS in the car. That's easier. That's at that it. Point. Yeah. So that's what I'm saying. Like getting them up to, th- and then you got three, maybe four. I don't know how many shifts they got. I need to ask somebody that. But if you got five officers with our department, three shifts, you got one person per shift that you got extra yep that makes i mean that's just one person that can be there so i don't know their backlog off. calls either like they might have a backlog call i know detroit at one point they were a day or two behind they'd wow. get into their car they're going yeah. to calls two days behind oh back before the recession God. hit yeah so i don't know no, same Lansing's way. Had, it's, it's, it's almost that. as bad but hours not days but okay. it's almost as bad for anything that's non-violent meaning a burglary even a home invasion may unless they believe they're going to show up and the people are going to still be there mm-hmm. it's like well, can you just call this number here and we'll get somebody out? 
what is possible i think the, what was it i think we had to call because that we was gonna get that car towed and mm, mm-hmm. and it was just like figure it out yourselves and if something happens yep. call us back it we was like, the oddest situation because i was I ha- i'm like wait am i talking to police dispatch right now what is going on because it was like <laughs> well i don't really know if we can do this and so and they were like asking me questions and i'm like um I need y'all here. Like, I need y'all to come here. Because only because the of... fact that is if I act on the situation that yes. I'm going to jail. So it's like, exactly. I need like, somebody here that's going to stop I'm calling me. you preemptively so that they don't call on me. Yeah. <laughs> it was like the situation. Yeah. And they're like trying to talk me out of needing them. Yeah. And I was like, you sure about this? <laughs> you yeah. sure you want us? Yeah. Listen, and I was just like, send you know. somebody from Dale High. If y'all busy, too busy, <laughs> damn it. They ain't got nothing to hey, do. Hey, that's the sheriff in County. That's there true. we go. That's true. There's my regionalization for you. And y'all got really in the weeds on, on the five officers. But like, again, I'm a zoom out kind of gal. Zoom out because why are we talking about hiring five police officers that's not going to happen? anytime soon That's in any true. way there's shape no, or form there's no recruits out there no. there's none because we already had nine open positions that we couldn't fill so are we miraculously gonna find 14 Propaganda. all of a sudden to get these five it was but guess how many people that felt really issue. warm inside when they heard that that was my they were like oh the warm and fuzzies went yeah. for sure mm. when you, there's no candidates there's no. none and that's where the regionalization comes in you don't have these departments competing yeah to oh everybody wants to work at msu yeah the easiest 90, job in the world ninety six thousand a year or whatever they make yeah, yeah. As a cop over there yeah. or whatever it is. MSU, I don't know no, it's something them. similar. Yeah. They get paid hella money at MSU. The highest paid in the state, I think, yeah. cop, yeah. law enforcement. Yeah. Um, but no, that's where the regionalization is. We're going to, if my idea were to go through and it's working with the commissioners, is you don't have to compete for those candidates in there. You're getting all the good candidates. Working with the commissioners. Yeah, I'd have to work with the county commissioners oh, to make that. Oh, I thought you saying like you already have this conversation. Have you had this conversation with anybody at this point? Um, I'm still pushing it out there as much gotcha. as I can. Gotcha. I, it's getting people to listen. It's also getting people to recognize that Verge was really pushing that in the beginning mm-hmm. for the longest time and seeing how it worked with the fire department. Yeah. And just getting them to recognize that. Yeah. And yeah. It, there's, it's showing the stats. Yeah. That's what I'm trying to push out there is the stats, how it worked for everyone else. Yeah. Like the city council was pretty much abolished in Indianapolis. Mm. They, they created a city county council yeah, with 25 members yep. oh wow it's a city county council Runs and completely differently yeah um oh and by the way eleven thousand each make um let's let's start my first year in office cut the budget of the city council members oh in half oh yeah oh yeah here we go that's what i'm thinking right this because yeah. indianapolis a city the size of indy mm-hmm. paying their city county commissioners or counselor whatever 11 grand and the cost the amount of money we're could make in mm-hmm. Lansing? Come on. Yeah. That can be used other places. No, it's actually You should be like wanting to serve, not make money. Yeah, it's a decent little job, actually. We've had that conversation yeah. before because 24 it is, is the reason why Bets are still here. Yeah, like, you know, having another job, but like, I had a job for a very long time making that mm-hmm. amount of money. Yeah. When and I was in college, like it was well less than that. And my interns, well less than that. Yeah, I yeah. made less than that for a long, a long time. time. Yep. Long time. I used to think like 60, you know, 60K, like as a couple, is a yeah. healthy living, like yeah. all, all that stuff. Yeah. I know there's other people that are like less than that, but it's it's amazing. There's no reason for us to be spending So now you actually are Claretta's arch nemesis because Claretta <laughs> always talks about that she actually needs this money from them too. <laughs> Sorry, so, Claretta. Yeah, Claretta, you're going to have to have this but fight now. she's not running and she's not, not running at this for that. job for no, that. You no. Know? no, she's not at all. And no. I, I will even vouch for that one. She's running the change. Oh, for sure. hundred percent. Not a question. And but I'm just saying that money yeah. can go other places because yeah. you're running to serve, not yeah. to make money. Absolutely. Exactly. Should be. Absolutely. And she you can take all the money out of there. 
Everybody jumps on all these boards and commissions for free. Yep. So why can't we do this for free? But that also creates an issue where these boards, and I just had this conversation with somebody else. Yeah, well, not even just that. The ones that aren't appointed or just why they get on a board. You know the boards. There's certain boards and there's just a few around that we know are a stepping stone. If you look at somebody's path, in their political path, there's always certain boards that are on that resume. Mm -hmm. And so they're unpaid. But they're unpaid. They're paid in different ways. They're mm -hmm. paid because that is a literal stepping stone to another. And so we have a huge political machine issue in Lansing right uh, coming now. Coming from the school board and moving into city council. Yeah. I'm just bringing that up. Real yeah. Quick. And then up to mayor <laughs> or from county commissioner to uh, state rep and then the mayor or on and on. So this is like cycle. Yeah, of, it's yeah, cycle we're of turning. We're, it's like it's one of those things. Is it happening so slowly that we're not recognizing yeah, it's it? The capital city. That's why mm. it really is. Uh, we just have politics all around all the time. Obvious yeah. everywhere. Yeah. So uh, defund police. Are we going to defund the police in the next budget with you there or not? We're going to reallocate that same difference. Same difference. Yeah. So just again, say it. Uh, we it's are going to defund thing. in the next. Yes. OK. Yes. What's your plan? My plan is regionalization of law enforcement. That is it. Can Dissolve you get county the, on? You think? I think or we not could, county, but do you think you can get? Uh, well, that's another thing. County, they just county built a new to, jail out there. Yeah, new jails built. Yeah. Um, sheriff is the uh, largest law enforcement officer in the the county. Like yeah. the most important, the one. That so we he elect. would want that budget then, really. The budget goes to him. Yeah. And he decides who the chief is. And then we decide who he is. Huh? Yeah, but he's elected. Yep, yeah, so he we decide who he is. But that also, oh, that kind of messes with like the, because the, then we got other people like voting for what it's really the policing is going to be here. But so then, the bonus is, is all that policing, those ordinances have to follow countywide. So we just do um, drug paraphernalia in Lansing. That has to be countywide now. Mm. You leave Lansing City, the police department is going to be following the same rules across the county. Mm. And you're not going to have these weird little situations where someone's crossing into Meridian. Yeah. And they now are getting arrested for that paraphernalia yeah, that's and getting true. sent to the county jail. Yeah. You have that one law enforcement officer in charge. He's deciding what's getting enforced, too, at that time. Absolutely. Mm. So defund, yes, but you call it reallocation, same difference. Rebranding and reallocation. Yeah. But you Whatever said you, yeah, you, you understand that we have to take some of that 50 million and put it towards the work that's being done and on here to stop this. That is you can with this idea. You yeah. can do that. What if they don't go for that? And they say, and and then, you know, what if they don't go for the regionalization, but we still have to take an attack on the 50 million? Still got to take attack on the 50 million? Man, again, I'm using the mob again. I'm using the mob as much as I can because there's no, this is not a bad idea by yeah. any means. It, I'm going to fight to at least change the policies yeah. at that point. Yeah. I'm going to really push, but I'm not going to give up on my idea. Yeah. I hyper-focus, according to my wife. When I have an idea, I hyper-focus on that idea. Yeah. Hardcore. Yeah. We did this in two weeks, so I get it. We moved <laughs> out of a closet into this. I'm the same way. Uh, let's bring some comments You know, I think it's important on? to name, too, having an idea that's backed by research and statistics and oh. data and things like that is always better than just straight pandering. Pandering is never the way to go, and we get enough of that. And whether I agree or disagree, I don't ever appreciate being pandered to. So even if I disagree with somebody, if they at least have a tangible plan and they're willing she to says, act on it, it is, I'm like, it is not a bad idea, arch nemesis. So <laughs> I, I like her um, the black history idea. My yeah. my brother is a history teacher over in uh, Grand Rapids Public Schools, and uh -huh. he's actually working on critical race theory. Okay, um, mm. to teach in the public schools and yeah. get the schools going towards that Good direction. Luck with that. Nice. Yeah, um, <laughs> Ginger with his uh, man bun. Oh, running nice. around, yeah. He, he loves scenario. the critical race theory going on. There's a Tell him not to go out in Grand Ledge right now because that's yeah, they're all over it's, that. it's a hot mess. So Rob there, Thomas asks, ask him where that jail money goes. Where do you put the three million from the jail? 
Three million from the jail? Yeah. That's going back into the community. Um, programs like your own. There I'm not is. saying, like, I'm not saying I'm giving it to you. Yeah. Don't say thing, that. No, I will not. Me, no, like, yep. Grant Blood said. Did not say that. Yeah. I'm saying programs <laughs> very similar. Yes, yes. <laughs> Could you imagine what $3 million it just flooded into the community to uh, do It's going to be work? ridiculous at that point. There's yeah. there, there are community programs out there similar to yours and even Peckham, uh, my old workplace. Mm-hmm. They had uh, uh, school to work programs for at risk youth that are already yep. in the program, yep. already in the juvenile justice system yep. through the Ingham Academy. Mm-hmm. Um, programs like that, or finding money from companies yeah. to fund these programs. Yeah. We've yep. got how many large Fortune oh, 500 big. companies Jackson running National, out? they gave $300,000 to- Delta Dental's running out there. Yeah. We've got the universities, everything's out there. And yeah. like, there's programs out there. The uh, problem with that, let me tell you though, so you understand the, the, the nature of the city of Lansing. <sighs> so let me just say this, Jackson National Life, those places like that, Delta Dental, all those big ones, Accident Fund, they want to go to the most respected black organizations to give that money to. If it's three, four $400,000, we got to go to the NAACP. We need to go to this, we need to go to that. The problem is that money doesn't always filter back into the community, and it doesn't do the work always. So I think that uh, black history, as she's speaking, I think that the black history and culture in Lansing is different even from some other places. So we have to understand that that nuance um, you know, involving that too. But I think that's why the city and the money that they have can be so influential uh, because it's not going to go to these big orgs because that's what makes Jackson National feel good is to say, hey, we gave 300000 to NAACP. That's a billboard, right? But if you gave ten or 15000 to this group over here that's just trying to get off the ground and, and let, you know, you guys divvy it up or even give it to somebody to divvy it up, this is kind of what they do with LEAP, right, in the community fund. But, uh, you know, that's that's where we have to start having that type of conversation. So I'll, t- I'll tell you how my current company does it. Yeah. The employees get to vote where the money goes. Oh, there you go. Yeah. We take we get five companies or nonprofits. Yeah. And we put them on a list and we vote. Oh, that's for dope. that year. How do we get on that list? I we'll talk later. Okay. Yeah, because yeah, it has it's just a nomination by an employee. Oh, perfect. Similar that's all it is. To, that's what we got like, from MSU. Fund. Yeah, the MSU, MSU Dust Store Fund. That's similar to that, and a lot of com- uh, companies are adopting that because what's the big thing right now? DEI, right? Yep. Diversity, yeah. equity, and inclusion. That is dope, though. And that's, we're realizing that's, that's, it's been inequitable up to this part. That is a more equitable equitable situation. It's impact for companies too, yeah, like impact for a company to have said they, they donated to. to the Lansing branch of NAACP means something to them to be able to say, but it's does staying it staying in their hometowns? Yeah, but not just that. The NAACP, the the, the hundred and eleven year old organization that's done all these great things, uh, and so on and so forth. Not to say anything's bad, but I'm just saying that why put it through that middle person when there's for them to try to trickle it down to us? Like, just fig- do the work, do the math, figure out where this stuff could go, who's making impacts, who's doing the stuff, and get it get it directly to them cut out that problem because that's that's really been an issue and it's like that gatekeeper thing that's been going on gatekeepers barriers you know all of the again the inequitable things that come with um the grassroots you know life the grassroots world it's very 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 difficult um, there's a lot. <laughs> uh, Rob said, "Power to the man bun." You ever seen Rob Thomas? I don't think you've ever met. I him. have never. You can see his man bun in the picture. Oh, there, was though. he on the forum? He was. Yes, yep. yes, yep. I saw yep. that man bun. Yep, yep. yep. Full effect. Yep. yep. And, uh, <laughs> yes, and yeah. I mean, Clara's talking about the punitive system, and that's again. There's there's you. context in history. There's a lot, yeah. and and, yeah. I, and I'm for that. The punitive side of things. Why are we arresting people for minor crimes that are nonviolent? Well, why are we giving them bonds for misdemeanors and then they end up dying in jail? Like yep. the young lady who just died from the infection in her hand. She was in there for a petty larceny. Mm-hmm. And then she jumped from three jails for petty larceny. 
It's as you know, it just doesn't make any sense. And even progressive prosecutors seem to not have an answer for that. Like, just chill. Like, just chill. You don't need to prosecute everything. No, you really don't. That's you what I'm you saying. can better someone's life by just teaching them a, I a, am working, a light lesson. I am working with currently, you know, some people down there to try to figure that process out where there is some accountability, but doesn't mean to be, you know, jail time or ruining their lives and so on and so forth. So I've been doing that work and a lot of people have been trying to do that work. And I just, it's just such a slow process because, you know, he, the the only the only power the prosecutor has is either to prosecute, don't. Or don't. There's no That's, middle ground. It's not like they, they, they can, by their own finger, you know, well, God, there shouldn't be a quota system at this point. I know. Yeah, you know. it's a lot of pressure. It's a lot of pressure to have, and I think we've—I would I talk about a pendulum, and with all things, our pendulum has swung so far to the punitive side of things that restorative isn't even in the conversation at times. And when it is in the conversation, it's like a blanket thing. We got to do. Your time I want to work at restorative, and we're gonna just do it for all of these. And I'm like, oh, nope, nope. I live in the gray area. People are always in a gray area, and our judicial system has no gray area oh, at no, all. None. Well, you got a lot of people, so there's a lot of moving parts in the judicial system. You got somebody who could be super progressive, like our current prosecutor, but then be have a judge that's like conservative as all get out. You know what I'm saying? It's like, nah, they did, they they jaywalked. They got to do time. Well, let's be honest. That comes back to these like midterm elections too, where you might have an open seat for a judge and jump it, Somebody jumps in. Someone it. just jumps in. Yeah, and no one's paying attention. I already know. Yeah, midterm yeah. elections. Isn't that the truth? That's why it's so important. It's the only reason why this is so heavily talked about and everything else is because there's a mayor involved, and then last year there's a president involved. Yep. So there's times that you have to yeah. kind of really jump in there because in two years, we're not going to, oh, there's nothing really going on. It's, right. a, it's a true midterm election at that point. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. It's not going to be as polarized. Yep. And, yeah. You know, we won't have to make propaganda t-shirts. Yeah. Those are still coming. <laughs> so we up. understand that we don't necessarily agree totally on the policing aspect if, if it stands in its current state, mm -hmm. because you are saying that if you don't get the regionalism, regionalism, that, you know, you just talked, I guess you, you said that. You know, you didn't address what you would do if we don't get that if you're in the seat. Uh, that's fine. Let's talk about the aspect of the discriminations going on. You've heard about all the discriminations coming out of City Hall and yes. all the lawsuits and so on and so forth. Because that carries over to anybody that gets elected in yep. this election. And, yeah. and it's gonna, the, the lawsuit carries over. Yeah. All lawsuits. Yeah, they're going to all be here. Wanna... If you're elected in November, they'll all be here in January when you take Wait. in. More than likely, I don't think they'll be over. Um, you know, how, how do you address... The issue that brought those to the table. That's the problem. So, okay, this current this current administration, mayor, and I think Peter Spadafore is the only other person who spoke on it, you know, directly, is that we can't talk about it as some litigation. Mm -hmm. And I've come on there and say, fine, let's not talk about the, the actual, you know, thing that happened that 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 uh, is the re result of this or the reason this is here. But let's talk about the things that happened to make it get to a point where they had to sue. That was exactly where I was going to go is let's figure out what the issues are at hand right. at this point And let's really just find the root of these problems. Have you heard any of those results or those solutions as it pertains to the place where this is all coming from? I think there's six people that have sued from the fire department. We've not heard anything about the fire department whatsoever about what they're going to do they're there. Not even in the conversation. Now, in that racial justice thing, I did give credit because they talked about going through all the policies and they talked about you know, training annually, you know, Did they give deadlines though. No, exactly. Of course not. So they, you need to give deadlines with yeah. anything like this. And well, you know, what's funny about that is that I gave them a letter back in 2018 when asked by the prior HR department, what I thought I would need to be able to come back to that department and feel safe and comfortable and know that I wouldn't be retaliated against and all these other things. And I wrote a letter that looks very eerily similar to exactly what they said. And I have that letter. 
And so it's crazy it's a plan. because it's exactly what I said. You need to have yearly for all onboarding trainings, bias trainings, all those things. I said that, um, uh, you know, you need to make a, a concerted effort at diversity and getting, you know, diversity into this department. You need to look over all the AOGs to make sure that, you know, all of these things are equitable, like almost exactly to the T what they wrote on that. I don't know. I'm just a little stupid firefighter, but I came up with it. So let's we see. We were asked for it. Yeah, they asked me for it. And then we wrote this and great And we worked really hard on it. HR out. asked for that. Yeah. 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 You want to but that was four years ago. That was. And before they ever, you know, had muled up and said they didn't even have an issue. And it was the previous HR. To yeah. Be, to be clear. It was the previous HR that I gave I, that I'm to. I'm not even aware how many people work in HR in the city of Lansing. So we need to be very clear about HR. There's a lot of people in okay. HR. The people that we're talking about currently uh, that are in control of like this whole thing that sit kind of really close to the mayor is Linda Gonzalez. Okay. Uh, Sanchez Gonzalez. San Sanchez. Yeah, Sanchez Gonzalez. Uh, Nick Tate, who used to be the labor negotiator, which means he would be the one who would field the complaints when you came in, and he was working in the city attorney's office at the time. Mm -hmm. uh, and then Elizabeth O'Leary, and key those players. were the three key players that really fumbled all of this to have all of these lawsuits. They are the ones who just did it all wrong. And I think that... Um, I can't really, I guess I can't really state on that, but they're the okay. ones who really had a big hand in all of this. And then the mayor was brought into the conversation and allowed it. Well, the first thought I'm coming into is the HR department taking their annual trainings themselves yeah. to actually make sure these situations don't even occur. Yeah. They should be doing that and re-updating the policies, mm -hmm. re-looking at all the policies annually yeah, or by at least annually. Yeah. I think so. But you got to have somebody in there that knows what they're doing too, because it's really, it's been known over and over again that, you know, it's kind of a startup career that they're in and then linda you know has never been an hr director so that's like brand new to her and she's kind of thrown into that because of whatever reasons i mean i could speculate why she's there but you well, know, people get moved around that aren't necessarily the person that has the resume experience or you got to know the right person. job but they're in a circle you and we've got to keep everybody yeah but because you're within that circle you can't do that there for whatever reason but we'll put you over here we regardless of what your credentials are. And we've seen a lot of that, but now we're seeing the fallout from that. And the fallout from that is things not being handled correctly with no recourse. Right. Not. And then it turns she's into. She's like chomping at the bit over here. She works in HR. So. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, she's like, is, I am appalled. Like, this is disgusting. She's like, oh, well, because, and I've done HR work. It's, that is not how it's supposed to be. We are seeing a lot of the protection. Most qualified of, person should be the like most qualified uh, candidate. Yes, and you it know, is I, a very objective situation. It is not yeah. your job to make a determination or assumption or anything like that. And we are seeing a very polarized situation where we've got HR constantly trying to protect the the, the city, the department, whatever, and then you've got the city attorney doing the exact same thing. So right. it's like, where, what the heck do we do? But the idea that I always had about HR, because like I never really had an HR department in any place I worked mm -hmm. before this. I was a contractor before, and we didn't have an HR. My HR department was my dad and his secretary. You know what I'm saying? And then I worked at AT&T, which the HR department was in Detroit or someplace. Like, it wasn't ever anything like that. So I never, I just always heard when you come in, when I came into the fire department, like the HR department, if you have any issue, you go there. Everybody was scared of the HR department. It was like, if you go to the HR department against somebody, it was like the worst cardinal <laughs> sin you could do. It's in your file. Now. Yeah. It's like, yeah, it's like this thing. And then when I went, I was like, all right, I got to press this 911 button. I'm going. And I went and then sat down and it was like, this, what, this is nothing. Like you guys are just gathering information and just send me on my way out of here. There's nothing really in play, you know? And so, Every policy that they try to build on race and ethnicity, you know, all, all the all the discriminatory factors, 
it's already there. There's already an ethics complaint. There are all that. There's already discriminatory policies in place. They just don't do nothing when it happens because if they, it's almost like if they do something, then they're admitting guilt. And if they don't know if they can stop it or not, then they've admitted guilt. And now this process is going on and now they're going to be sued. So they, what about a peer review board? We have, um, in my current workplace, there's yeah. a peer review board. If you get terminated, you can request to be in front of a peer review. I love that idea. Yeah. I love that idea. As long as it isn't my peers from the fire department. As long as it's like, <laughs> bring me to parks department or somebody else. I've, I've seen uh, someone parks you don't and, work with. Don't yeah. let them review the file. No, because the good old boy system. Yeah. And that's like really in place in a lot of different places, man. I mean, there's legacy in there. There's all these. I just, I think it's just like any type of environment, like police and fire, you're going to have. You know, guys spend most of their lives together. You spend outside your family. You're, there, yeah. you're with each other all the time. You, police department, yeah. watching my back. I'm watching yeah. your back. You're yeah. saving me from. I would have probably been. I'll, I'll tell you, just be honest, like how I feel about this. I would have probably been in a better position at my job had I just punched the hell out of the guy that did it. Probably wouldn't gotten fired. Nope, or anything, I wouldn't yeah. have probably gotten no trouble. If I had just took it to the streets. So now I came from the streets. I understand I've broken every knuckle in my hand fighting. Uh but I come into this environment like I can't be that person in here. You know, I got to be, you know, obviously Handle you can't be stuff. that person. Right, but right. that was what they wanted, I guess. Like, if I had to just been like, bring your ass to the basement, let's go. I you probably would have been, been, been one of the guys. They'd so, be like, oh, I love your guy. I'd knock somebody out and we'd have been good. We, we grew up in different er like lives in general, but yeah. that was the way we solved issues. And yeah, I, you I was too. all the way good it, with that. We just made sure we left school. Yeah. And we weren't going to get expelled. I would have been all the way good <laughs> with that. So that's what I'm saying. I tried to play their game and their system and go up there and tell and. But let's be I tell, clear. Tell is not even in my vocabulary. Tell. But let's be clear. You were trying to play a game within a system that was never in, designed or intended for you. No. So I think that that's something. There's that's the diversity. The completely broken. There's the diversity exactly. coming into a bad system with no equity, and then here you go. Now I'm, yeah, I'm just you just you just lock me into this situation. Is like it sucks that we're living it doesn't surprise me because yeah. when i look in retrospect because i lived it i can now do that but living through it and watching him go through it was very very difficult and watching him go through it now but like in retro retrospect it's like i'm not shocked mm -mm. what did we expect no but there's a lot of people who put up with it you know that's just really what it is a lot of people just put up with it they come home angry they end up mm -hmm. you know retiring and and you know and not being the same person but what do know? we always say you caught the right one yeah you caught the right <laughs> one for sure uh erica always rob come on man <laughs> erica always gets all the celebratory yes speak yeah, girl yeah fist up i don't get none of that no matter what i say i can solve like the mystery of aliens on here and they'd be like mm. that's funny because we were in a physical space and while he was talking i was like bursts of physical applause that's cool when did i get that <laughs> at the, in the auditorium see he, he don't even realize it oh he'd be in a zone he'd just be in the zone because he's saying. in i got down really like what did i just say when literally, i was talking right there? he's like will ferrell and just like what just happened <laughs> <laughs> that's it like literally <laughs> you're making me picture that scene now <laughs> yeah, that, that was how it was oh uh, claretta <laughs> says she said preach earlier she did me. but guess what claretta thank he you. didn't even see it scrolled right past it i seen it i saw it all i, I seen it. next was wow mike you can't come to my house or something like that right i don't know so what that she was. did not see when you we, couldn't come we to usually house. take the comments off of there because we all kind of get messed up in that. oh and I, I was i was looking over a couple times yeah so <laughs> the thing is that this is new to us to being in the studio to where you know we're usually looking right at the screen while you're on mm -hmm. that zoom where where uh your wife is at we're usually kind of looking there and we can see the comments come up but you can't see them live. So, but now we take them off usually because it does distract the conversation. Mm -hmm. If somebody says some real derogatory stuff on there, we can't just ignore it. Like we all see I'm it. We're right. like, whoop. 
you know, but we can't not actually, you know what I'm saying? Sometimes so I'll address Nobody that does that usually on the uh, No, you know, on the fan, there's a great, and, and that's not what we're here to do. That's not what we're here to do. That's not what we bring guests on to do. It's to have a good, honest, transparent conversation that sometimes we don't get to have. Towards the end, though, we always end up bringing it up because we do want people to be able to give the comments, you to be able to hear directly from them. I just, I think that's one of the most valuable things that we are missing is literally politicians and if you're a candidate you're now a politician because you're venturing to that world sorry yeah. to break it to you talking to the people is the only thing that is the thing yeah that's it that is the thing and it's like somehow we forgot all about that that, that is literally the job is talking to the people because how do you know how to do your job if you're not talking to the people right if what ward do you live in what uh fourth okay fourth ward all right. okay. i'm uh i'm rooting for elvin really yeah that that's makes, interesting yep. but it makes sense though yeah that does make sense you're why you're, Elvin, just that personality, man. Yeah. And he just, I, and we have very similar thoughts, I believe. Yeah. Um, that personality, I've just really locked into that personality. He's a yeah. good dude. Um, love everything. If he gets elected, I really hope it happens. Really? I was not pleased with, I forgot to go to meetings, mm-hmm. that situation. Mm-hmm. I, that really upset mm-hmm. me. How do you forget to go to meeting? yeah. meetings? They're on Zoom yeah. now. So, um, yeah, I, I mean, I get that. That's your personal well, perspective on I've it. I've forgotten to go to meetings sometimes because I have a lot of them. But the Elvin thing makes sense. Elvin, I had had a conversation, and I was like, I, I mean, his strategy, I understood it. Like, I, I understood the strategy, and and that alignment makes total sense. It to does me. to me. Yeah. Too. It does to it me makes too. Total I've been sense meaning to me. give him a call because he's in the ward. Too. Okay. Mm-hmm. But I told him already. To his so face, tickets, so for him. tickets. Have you talked about having one, getting on one, or trying to figure out a way to get on one? I have not. I'm really just kind of doing my own thing. Yeah, I really am. I'm uh, the quiet, like I said, kind of just in the background a little bit, nudging a little bit, from nudging the background. around. I get it. No, no doubt. Yeah. Um. So we talked about why you wanted to become a councilman and what you've gone through. And so, who are you? Like, what do you do? You said you're two way advocate. That's dope. Uh, what do you do? Like, what does your day to day look like? Like, what do you, you know, you, I mean, obviously you work, but what do you do for fun? You guys said you just left, uh, what is it, LBC? I think you said yeah, you had I'm a date a, night. Yeah, I brew my own beer too. Oh, so do you? I, that wasn't ready yet, or I would have brought you some. Okay, nice. <laughs> what kind of beer is that? What is it? Oh, I'll mix it up. I've done a bourbon pecan uh, milk stout before. Milk? Milk stout. In it? It's lactose in it. Yeah. Oh, no. Can't do yeah. that one. <laughs> Yeah, you can't bring me that. If you got some almond milk beer. Almond milk. That'll be the next one then. Yeah, do an almond milk beer. I can do that one. I can't do I don't know if that would go over well. That might not sit well. Milk and beer just don't sound like it sit well either. That's going to get my stomach and immediately curl up into a little ball. It's going to like, I don't know what that, like milk and just anything else. That's like, I remember when I was a kid, I did this experiment. I was probably five. And I went into the kitchen while my, my dad and my mom was sleeping. And I brought out all these different things and I mixed it all in this big bowl, milk, Kool-Aid, syrup, all of this stuff. I don't know why I did that. I don't know if I want to see what it all looked like in your stomach or something when you eat and drink it all. But <laughs> Did you drink it? No, I didn't drink it. I just left it So there. I drank that concoction on a dare. When I was a kid, if you dared me, I would do it. And my sister did that and I drank it and it was disgusting. Yeah. I think I got Milk paid, and though. anything don't yeah. taste good except chocolate, I think. Really? Yeah. Really? Like to drink? You didn't drink milk as a child? Hell no. I grew up on a dairy farm, you know, so there's milk all the time, yeah, so I couldn't see, get away with that. Like, 
It comes out a little yellow, so it's a little deceiving. Oh, it just got pus in it and stuff. <laughs> that is not. Wait a minute. Real. No, that it's true. It I is mean, true. I know, but they like, have to like pasteurize do, it to get yeah. all that out of it. Yeah, right? it's got to be heated up and stuff. Yeah, that's yeah. disgusting. <laughs> no, but they will. Some people will just take it right out of there. But so I, I don't. Just, I don't drink um, regular milk. Either. Hell no. I, you know, I after what did we watch? Did did we stop doing that? I don't remember, but it was. so Oh, it was a show. They talked about milk and they talked about where it comes from. I can't remember. It was on Netflix or something like that. You know those Netflix things. The man, they get into it sometimes, and you're like. Like, I don't want to do anything now. Oh, it was like cow's milk. They're like, why would any human drink cow? Would you drink, you know, would you drink a, a you know, I couldn't say goat's milk. Yes. Are you would you drink the, a tiger's movie now? Huh? You can milk anything that has nipples. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Here's but the I, thing. I, I get it, though. Like, but I don't want don't, don't to drink breast milk either, though. But here's the thing. To be clear, first of all, breast milk is delicious, and I've tasted it because I I, when you're tasting, I guess bottle, I would, like, but I wouldn't. When you chase it on a bottle, just whatever. So, just to be clear, for Tiger's you milk, you put it in your cereal. Good, I, if it was the only thing I had, Th- you put is, somebody else breast I, milk in your listen, cereal. Listen, I didn't say somebody else. <laughs> oh, that's just gross. Like I don't even drink it. But you drink people. another cow milk? Come on, this here's is what I'm the about. thing. This is my case for that. If a, if a Tiger's milk tasted good, yes, I would drink it. Your milk put don't that, like, taste good. That's a, milk that, does taste good though. That is a preference. So every this meal is a over thing. there, as really. A kid, <laughs> as a kid, Do I you used put to put ice eat. in it. No. So Dom, okay. Dom, I used to put ice in my. I used to put ice in my milk when I was. Yo, a kid. like fresh summertime, it's like ninety degrees out. Dom will come in the kitchen and just throw some ice in it. I always talk about him about this. He'll come in there and throw some ice in the cup <laughs> and pour a bunch of milk in it. I'm like, yo, what are you doing? It's hot. Like I want a Gatorade or just a straight water with ice in it. He'll go in there and drink a, a glass of. Uh, vitamin D milk. I drank milk as a kid. Yep. Literally, not even just with meals. I would literally go in the kitchen and drink a glass of milk because I you did love it. You can cook fries in vitamin yeah. D milk. Yeah. Exactly. So I do not doubt people that, you know, I, here's the thing. I cannot um, handle it and process it as much anymore. Dairy is a little rough Look at on Rob, me, Rob, so As we first- get older. <laughs> the first person to grab a cow too, you had to be an odd. <laughs> Everyone just looking at that guy like, all right, or girl, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, what's going on here? Well, you know what? That but then they tasted good. it. So that's the thing. I don't judge it by like, because it comes from an hour, because it comes from this, because we as humans like, hello. And I get it. Unless you're a vegan, there's vegans and that's the, that's the stance. But if you're not like, we eat cow meat. We that's different. Pork, like we, that's different. I but guess I get it. We don't. Really, we don't yeah, yeah, I get it. I mean, it's it's really not. I think, I'm, I'm starting to think about that from that level too, though. Like when I, I ate that burger the other day, like it was that. just like, dang, that's like a hip off of a. You know what I'm saying? Like that's why I was a dairy farmer. We didn't have to kill the cow good. to eat, eat it or anything like that. We kept my it My dad for always years. talks about how they used to have to snap chickens' necks. No, and like they would ring it like that and snap it like they would do this and just. And you're like, I'm not eating chicken anymore. Yeah. So, so as, as a candidate, I feel like I need to tell you my biggest fear of chickens. Really? I'm terrified of chickens. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Babe, remember when we was down in who just said that? No, that's not that that's not odd. It's not that odd. It's not. We okay. know this we know this other guy was down it in really Florida. He was scared, terrified of birds <laughs> in Florida. Nope. Chased way too many times as a child. Really? Oh wait, you have an experience. Why are you of yes, tell us why. Oh, all right. So quick. growing up on a farm, they just want to make sure you're safe. All right. So my grandfather sat me in the chicken coop now it'd be like a call the cps or something like that yeah. <laughs> sat me in the chicken coop and locked it oh wow moved the tractors around and forgot me for an hour and a half and oh. left me i came back and i was in the corner and there was a rooster staring at me oh. no Wait, there was a rooster in the. Uh, yep. so i have to tell you this and I, some of you maybe this before my mom was attacked by a rooster when she was a kid 
um, in Texas, a lot of people keep roosters. Um, they keep chickens and roosters. And um, she was attacked by a rooster, and she had to kill the rooster because it was attacking her That's so, so viciously. traumatizing. Right? She literally had to kill it with a rock. And, and she tells it it's embedded in her memory. So the two things that I'm scared of They're vicious. Life, I'm going to tell y'all. Are you going to tell them. everybody? No, I'm going to tell y'all one of them. Because uh, the other one, I don't know. So people can use these against you. Or I, yeah, whatever. I don't like snakes. And the reason why is because when I was about 12 years old, mm. uh, I was out in Hope. And it was kind of in the area where there was like woods right out here. And this garter snake had rolled up and this, this kid grabbed it and he swung it like this and he threw it. And when it went through the air and then it fell and it was doing that, you know, like it was all broken up. So it was like trying to catch itself. And like it was just and so that did it for me that Trauma. I can't watch the slither part of it. But then when I was like six, I got trapped in the trunk. My dad had this Jaguar that you could open the trunk without a key. And it was like a turn and it mm. opened up. And me and my, my cousins who used to traumatize me and put me in the Iron Sheik and all this stuff. <laughs> they used to, they used to traumatize me. I was like, just get in there. I promise you we'll open it back up. We'll promise you we'll open yeah, it back up. Yeah, they always promise you. Yeah, <laughs> just get in. I promise you. It was like the dead of summertime. I was like, okay. You know, I'm all happy. Like, all right. I'm. You guys sure you can open it? You promise? I'm like five. Just this cute little button-nosed kid. I get in here. They left me in there for like 15, 20 minutes. Mm. And it was just the most traumatic 15, 20 minutes ever in my life. And they all mm -hmm. thought it was funny. They laughing. And I'm like, no, seriously. You know how somebody's doing something to you that you're like, yeah, you're I like, can't wait, take wait, no, this. Seriously, stop. Yeah, no, seriously, you guys. And it's like 15 minutes of that. It was a long mm. time. It may yep. not have been 15. I was like seven. Hey, it felt like longer. Forever. Yeah, definitely. Oh, yeah, everything is. So that, I don't like tight, tight spaces. I just want to say, though, I was just thinking about that experience. Though, and that is horrifying. Chickens are, Rob just said, nah, man, chickens are aggressive. They are. They're, Unless you get it by the neck. They run and they pack. The neck. I don't know. Yank it. Pop. Listen, but as a child, you don't know that you can just like football kick it. Yeah, a you chicken. don't think about that. No, Plus, you don't scared. want to hurt an animal either. You're like, oh, it's an animal. Don't want yeah. to hurt it. Not until oh, that's dinner. my mom who bashed its head in with a rock. <laughs> Good <laughs> you know, lord. He just wanted to keep me safe. I know that to this day. Like he just wanted I, tractors are being moved and stuff yeah. like that. He was yeah. just trying to keep me safe. He but he forgot. Yeah, but he yeah, forgot. yeah, yeah. He's like, this is a safe place for you out of the way. I promise I'll let you. And you're like. Welcome to my lifelong fear of chickens. Yep. Mm. Now, now, I love the man to death. Like, probably the biggest idol in my yeah. life. Uh, he passed away when I was, like, Stop seven. <laughs> but I, I told you, like, the best time of my life was yeah. going out hunting with him and just sitting there, and he'd open about his World War II stories. Yeah. That was the only love time it. he'd ever yeah. open up about that stuff. Love it. So, we're coming to the end here. I do want to say a couple things. Uh, I think it's important. Um, I think it's important that you do understand your, you know, distance and proximity to growing up here and yep. the, those differences. We had this conversation earlier. We asked Linda Keith, uh, you know, what she planned to do about certain things. And she just came up and said, I'll figure, you know, I'll ask. I'll, I'll ask things that I don't know. I would hope that if you do get elected, you take that stance that if you don't know, you don't try to be the magic pill and, the, and you know, and all of that. And just, you know, ask the community. That's the, always going to be the, the go to. Um, outside of that, is there anything that you wanted to tell the people, you know, like you've got that opportunity? I think they got a good opportunity to see who you are. I think they've got me down pretty good. This I is hope. what we yeah, needed, I'm right? I'm a personal guy, I hope. Yeah. Uh, if, at, get a hold of me at any time. Uh, vote G Blood. Vote or vote G Blood at gmail.com. G Blood. I like that. I do. So, like oh, that. one thing he taught us while he was here. He is G, he's Grant Blood. Let me show you guys this. This is one of those today years old. Yep, today years old. This is, this is his card. Grant M. Blood the second, and I was like, "Oh, you're a second. I'm a junior." And he was like, "Yeah, you were you were named after your dad." And I was like, "Yeah, weren't like we all?" And he was like, "No, I was I was named after my grandfather. That's why I'm the second. And then when, so tell the story. Oh, for the grandfather. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's I 
I honestly believe it must have been something like the uh, the nurses, I believe, were nuns because I was born in a Catholic hospital. They're like, oh, this is how it's supposed to be. And like, it's just, true. Uh, yeah, it's but it's no, I, I always had that that uh, that that uh, that question. I never knew. Like, cause I, a lot of my friends would be seconds or, you know, such and such and such. And I was always a junior and it never made sense to me. I was like, why am I a junior? They're a second. I love the junior. I love my name, but I just never made sense to me. And then when you said that, I was like, oh my God, how did I not know that to this point? <laughs> I, my, my dad told me at one yeah. point, just, this is what it is kind yeah. of thing. Cause yeah. my dad's a senior. Yep. And then, so your grandfather wouldn't be anything because He's it's super, it jumped. Grand Michael Blood. Yeah, it jumped. So then you would be this. That makes sense, though, when you Literally think about it. Literally, when he said it, I was like, Yeah, you can't be bulb. a junior. You'd have <laughs> to be a second because you're just the second. And there won't be a third. There just won't be a third. Why? Why? You said you didn't want to carry it on. I don't want to carry it on. It's just one of those things. I just don't want it to run. Really? Yeah. That's a, I mean, I like the name Grant Blood. That's a, that's kind of a, a G Blood too. Well, except for when you go to the Red Cross and you want to give blood, they think you're granting blood. They think it's a joke. Yeah, at that blood, point. blood line one. Like everybody's Love giving it. blood. I did hear the tagline of like, you know, vote new blood in, and I was like, man. Oh yeah. And yeah. then yeah. then I switched it up too. It's Lansing deserves new blood. Oh, oh yeah, go. Lansing deserves new blood. Yeah. So so let me ask you it. this: out of the seats that are currently seated, um, let me ask if 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 Kathy wasn't in the seat. And there was all four at larges. Who would you take if you could get one of them? Take them out of the equation, like yep, bump them, like, or like, like for instance, back Chuck before. Incumbents. Yep, all the incumbents, all four were there. Ludo. Pat, Carol. Nope, you got to take. You can only take one of your I can spots. Take one. You can. What's the What's the one spot you would take? You can only take one of them. Carol, Pat, uh, Kathy, and Peter are all sitting, mm-hmm. and they said. You know what, Grant? You're the new guy. Get in there. Get in the game. One of you guys got to go. You pick them. Carol. All right. Yeah. That's Carol. not terrible. Nope. All that right. makes sense. Yep. She's not, gone next year. Been so around you, since '96. Yeah. That yeah. that fits with the Lansing Deserves New, new Blood. blood. Oh, yeah. That was good. You know, I don't dislike Carol. The thing that I don't like about Carol is that she's very outspoken on certain aspects. But like this violence is going on in the city. She's been super quiet. You're so policey and so this and so anti-violence and all these things, but because something. it's affecting just a certain portion of people, yeah, it doesn't seem to be inf- important to you enough. So, you know, there's, those are those things. And, uh, you know, that's cool. But honestly, I just really like the new blood thing. I think that there sometimes you have to, yeah, it's time. Just, just I'm, I'm not from the area. Mm-hmm. I've moved here. I've set up roots in the area. I want to see the city succeed. Yeah. And that's the main push. Even if I don't win this election, I'm still going to be a part of this community right on. and I'm still going to be pushing to make this place better. Right on. I'll, I'll be a volunteering for everything I can get my hands on. There it is. All awesome. Right. Love Perfect. to hear it. Any last words for the people? No, just thank you guys for uh, tuning in tonight. I really appreciate it. You guys are a blast. Awesome. Uh, I really you liked too. it. Man, thank you. <laughs> awesome. thank you. Yeah, we enjoyed having you in here. I think yeah. it's good. That I, I just love the platform to be able to bring people in here and see a different side. So much better than sitting there. And, yeah. When yeah. you're sitting on Zoom and it's all tight and then you get, you get asked the question and then it comes to you first, you're like, oh, shit. You know well, what I'm saying? I didn't even know there was a drawing. How did I get the first one? Yeah. <laughs> well, think about it. NAACP did it like this. They went by alphabetical order. So... Uh, there are certain people that went first every time, and there was no and there, changing. And then it there up. was another that went last every, every time. time. It was like, yo, how are you gonna? That's that's such a disadvantage. That's the the problem with the last name blood. It's like you're yeah, first every or second. Time. Well, Linda usually is first when yeah, it comes yeah, up yeah. now. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, but they it has to be switched up. But like that, you know, Linda hasn't good. responded. I would love to have Linda Appling. I, here. you know what? I am going to send some reminders out because 
largely people have responded. Um, disappointed in incumbents right now. Uh, the only incumbent that has talked about coming on is Kathy Dunbar. No, mm-hmm. Brian T's going to come on. Brian T. I'm sorry. Yeah. Brian T. Jackson. Um, the other ones, nothing, which isn't surprising, yeah. I guess. Maybe. I don't know any better platform. You know, this is this is the best platform. I, don't know. I will be honest with you yeah. right now. It's like yeah, other I, names. I'm loving this. Yeah. Other names that have been around forever, but you know, if you've seen our analytics, people don't understand that because like right now you're watching this and it says eleven people watching this. In most cases, you know, on our on our average day, it's like twenty between twenty and thirty people watching at a time. But the pro- the thing that people don't catch is that after that. It may we may get done with the show. It'll be five hundred views, but Instantly. next week it'll be seventeen hundred. And the analytics of reach is crazy, but people just don't understand that because we don't I, we haven't done a good job of promoting how much reach we have. I'm getting there. But you know, over the last month, I think we had thirty thousand people reached. reached. <laughs> thirty thousand. That's crazy. That is nuts. That's crazy. Nuts to me. That is no, no. That's and you guys have been doing this for how many years now? A year. A year. year. Yeah. One year. City Paul's ain't doing them numbers. Somebody was like, "Can I take a screenshot of this?" Well, one of our people that are working with marketing wise, yeah, uh, was looked at those numbers like, "You got to be kidding me!" And then showed us someone else that's on like a national level that was like not too much. I look at national level stuff and I'm like. You know, people that I watch on Facebook and I'm like, dang, yo, you only had, you know, such and such and such on that. You know, I, I pay attention to the analytics, not to brag or anything, but just to understand where we stand with, with it all. And we're just super local. Like, I don't I think we're our analytics. We have like Mexico. One person watches from Mexico. Guess who that is? Bro oh, Schwartz. Oh. <laughs> but uh, other than that, you know, most of the people are like, like, I'm trying to figure it out. Real nah, quick. most of the other people are like, right. I was here gonna raise my hand, but state. I was like, y'all might not get the joke. But yeah. <laughs> uh, but anyways, uh, yeah. So I appreciate you being here. I think that I think that more people need to understand how much of a platform this is. It's shareable. You get your time. You know, nobody else is yeah. giving that type it's of time. Just getting getting messages out there. And yeah. again, I'm gonna really push it. Every candidate that's coming this this election season looking for the betterment of the city yeah really is perfect even if i don't get your vote votes are just vote for one of us seriously yeah. get out and vote absolutely absolutely i like it I like what it. are your plans going forward until august i mean do you have any plans to get out and vote yeah, anything you are, are you doing anything i'm just... uh hitting the doors real hard Good. I, um all of july is just gonna be hitting the doors Good. claretta did invite me to a thing over the weekend yeah coming up Okay. Um, so I need to email her again to figure out the exact dates and stuff. There you go. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. You guys should get a group together and just have conversation yeah. around it all because, like you said, anything's better than what we got right Anything now. Anything is better than what we got right here. And, you know, we're all sharing ideas. Maybe she'll pick up on something I like and I'll pick She'll teach me some things. There you go. Exactly. As well. There you I go. love it. I love it. All right. Well, I appreciate you coming on. Um, so make sure you guys go check out our website at America20Life.com. Uh, you can check us out on Instagram, Facebook, obviously. Oh, our, our, look at uh, my new cup, y'all. Yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then, obviously, Pride Month, we're all in there, too. Oh, look where I'm at. There we are. Love it. And so, uh, yeah, go check out all of that. You know, we got merch to find. Uh, our Patreon will be coming up soon. Uh, obviously, our Cash App is up top there. Uh, advertisement, advertisement, advertisement. This is the way that we'll be able to continue bringing this to y'all. So if you want to, I mean, we just talked about the analytics that, you know, everybody doesn't understand, but if you are a small business that's trying to get out there, if you are in the weed game, I mean, I know our fan base. If you are in any of these type of, you know, it's, it's, it's important. I looked through city Pulse today and there's like 50 ads ran in there. And I know they paid an astronomical amount of money to get thrown away in my trash because I read the article and then I just <laughs> yanked the rest of it into the trash. We had, we had some conversations about that at the LBC today. <laughs> yeah. It's like, it's just, you yank the, you yank them into the trash, but that's cool. 
you know, it is what it is. I think people will eventually realize because once uh, we get a couple on here and then they, you know, see what we can do with it. We just got to make the time to really, like, make it happen. Get it straight. So anyways, yeah. Appreciate you coming on. I'm not sure who our next one is. We're off until next Monday, though. Uh, I can't remember who our Monday was. It might have been Hutchinson. Might have been. And then that's going to be interesting. Yeah, we've got Hutchinson on the lineup. And then in July, we've got Rachel Willis and oprah um revish revish coming on in july so line up solid y'all well thank you all for being here thank you for watching this and we hope to talk to you and not about you see you on monday peace out